Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 199 and a half of At Odds with Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Hello, Adam. How are you? I'm doing fine. Yes, 199.5. You know, what everybody does every once in a while, you know, they do those .5 episodes. uh, Just kind of uh, extra content for our listeners, you know, if you will. Right. Or if you look down the road and see, like, issue 900 of your comic book isn't gonna you could get it to line up with an anniversary by just numbering some of the titles like 26.bey and <laughs> 28.bey just to kind of keep moving that anniversary thing down to that big number down to an anniversary you know yeah, I've always said before that we need to relaunch with a shiny new number one, but then yeah. go back to legacy numbers when we get closer to an anniversary. Like, if we start off with episode one of, like, the new at-odds uh, next week, then when we eventually get to episode 300, we switch back to the legacy numbers for a couple weeks. It'll be very obvious to follow and, and easy. Right. Like some <laughs> of the other podcast friends that we have that, like, they do seasons. Yeah. Sometimes they take a break. Uh, so like, okay, you took like a break of like a week or two. Okay. Or sometimes it's just like, oh, it's a new season because we're changing what our topic is. And I'm like, okay, all right. It's just uh, like the only reason things are numbered is so you can keep track of them, you know? Yeah. Or if you want to go back to the very beginning and catch up, you know, kind of start at episode one of At Odds, you know, and binge it over a weekend. Right. I saw someone lamenting uh, there's a a podcast called Knowledge Fight, and they're like, I was a little uh, leery about jumping into a podcast starting with episode 704, but goddamn wouldn't you know it was a good episode, so I'm in, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I I feel as though we, like, don't do a lot of self-referential stuff. They're kind of like, you know, day and date, like we might make jokes or whatever it is but a lot of times these are jokes that if you follow us either on social media or whatever um or are into the same things that we are like the little corners of the wrestling universe that we are that you're going to get any sort of inside remarks that we might make you know yeah i think it's one of those you can jump in at any point but if you've been around for a while you have more appreciation because you understand the i don't want to say the bits joe but the bits (laughs) (sighs) Uh, yeah, all right, it's bits, whatever. <laughs> I know that you don't like bits, as we've heard many times before, but they sometimes they sneak in when you don't realize it. No. <laughs> so subtly. <laughs> I don't like bits. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, hey, let's get into the show again. Uh, as Adam said, it, it, as this is uh, 199 and a half, it's not going to be a half episode. Uh, but I think we could lean this one out at under uh, two and a half hours. How about that? I'm calling my shot. Oh, God, we're fucked. All right. All right. And now, At Odds With Wrestling presents This Day in Wrestling History. It's always a busy day in this day in wrestling history, Adam. All right. I love when things line up, stack up, whatever. Uh, So this day, wrestling history, uh, 1990, uh, Saturday night's main event aired. And this was the lead up to SummerSlam 1990. Um, This was the first televised match of Kerry Von Erich as the Texas Tornado 
as they had not yet announced him as the replacement in the Intercontinental title match at SummerSlam. Okay. Uh, if Demolition were teasing being heels, um, this is officially their full heel turn. Uh, as they defeated the Rockers, uh, the aforementioned Mr. Perfect has a rematch with Tito Santana, who he had defeated in the finals to crown the new Intercontinental Champion. And uh, the main event of this uh, Saturday, Saturday night's main event is the Ultimate Warrior beating Rick Rude, albeit by disqualification, which, again, doesn't do a great job of selling their rematch at the pay-per-view in a steel cage. Yeah, I'm looking at this card, and I'm trying to wonder if this is something that I saw at the time. Because this is this is in the infancy of my wrestling watching, but I don't think I watched this live, so this is right. kind of fuzzy. Uh, one thing, hopefully, is not fuzzy, um, would be um, 1995, uh, ECW debuted at the Orange County Fairgrounds in Middletown, New York. Um, some of this aired on TV. Um, a lot of it you would probably remember um, the where it's like really weird, like it's a really very blue ring and it's outside. Yeah, okay. Okay. Um, one of the matches, which was the Steiner's debut in uh, ECW, taking on Dudley Dudley in one of his last matches and the Vampire Warrior. Uh, hmm. There's a Raven and Richards versus the Pitbulls match that made it onto TV in full. There's a Two Cold Scorpio versus Mikey Whipwreck match that made it onto TV in full. Um, however, like this is not a show that made it like to a full VHS release. Uh, a couple of these matches, like I said, were on like either DVD sets or Extreme Warfare volume whatevers. Okay, yeah, again, nothing jumping out at me as far as like super memorable, but you know. Uh, so also on this day, we have our head-to-head with Nitro versus Raw in 1997. Uh, Nitro from Charleston, West Virginia. Um, Alex Wright beats Chris Jericho for the Juicer Weight title. Okay. And they are setting up, and we'll get into it next week, obviously. Um, they're setting up for next week for the 100th episode of Monday Nitro. Uh, ahead of Road Wild, uh, Lex Luger is going to take on Hulk Hogan. Uh, Luger comes out and cuts a promo saying that the WCW Championship Committee uh, says that you have to defend your title once every 30 days. And at this point, Hulk Hogan had not defended the title since February. No. Um, also, uh, on this uh, hyping up, J.J. Dillon comes out and says, next week... He's going to get Sting, and he's going to offer him a match, finally. And uh, this is one of those uh, memorable moments, I would say, in uh, in wrestling history where... So they're setting up a bunch of stuff for next week, the 100th episode. Uh, I don't want to get into the stuff about that. Now we'll get into that stuff next week, right? Yeah, obviously, if, if we're going to cover it in a week, there's no sense going right now. But what about WWE? What they got going all right, so uh, this is the Go Home Raw for SummerSlam, 1997. All right. Um, and, you know, we talk about, like, everything kind of sort of seems to be lining up, but maybe not quite so much uh, yet, because uh, the the main event of this uh, episode of Raw, again, 
uh, going into SummerSlam, the Patriot beats Bret Hart clean on TV. As he should. Uh, <laughs> and this was also the episode of Monday Night Raw, which was the debut of the Truth Commission. <laughs> Who can forget? All right. Now, Adam, can you name the members of the original Truth Commission? Uh, uh, it had uh, Cyrus in it, right? No, he wasn't no. in the original version. Mm, okay. Um, did it have the Kurgan? Yes, but his name wasn't Kurgan yet. Okay. Uh, I'm out after that. Is one of them okay. named Recon? Okay, you had Sniper and Recon. Okay. You had Kurgan was the interrogator. Okay, yep, that I get. And then you had the Commandant, <laughs> who was an actor that Brett had met while filming that Aladdin made-for-TV movie. <laughs> All right. And used, used his sway to get him a job in the World Wrestling Entertainment. <laughs> Typical uh, cronyism from Brett. Go ahead. Yeah, listen, you know, sometimes, uh, you know. They're not all winners. <laughs> uh, so about a week later or so, they add Mantar under a mask. And I forget what Mantar's name was under the mask. And then he's replaced by the Jackal, uh, Don Callis, Cyrus, whatever. And then shortly thereafter, the Commandant's gone. The Truth Commission is more or less broken up. And then it's just Cyrus, the Jackal with Kurgan. Now, and again, I apologize for not knowing because my memory is very fuzzy. Did did the Truth Commission spin into the oddities or did it just happen to be a lot of the same, like, people? No. Some so, of the same people. So, uh, so Sniper and Recon uh, end up becoming a tag team that's almost exclusively on Shotgun Saturday Night named Apocalypse. That's the name of their tag team. And their names are like Poirier and something else. <laughs> All right. Um, and then with the Jackal, um, so he has Kurgan and Kurgan's doing whatever it is that he's doing. And then uh, that's when Jackal starts adding more and more, quote unquote, freaks to the group. That's when like Golga shows up and Giant Silva shows up. And then it's like he has like this group of, you know, human oddities, right? Yeah. Then they add Luna Vachon, and then shortly after that, Cyrus is gone from World Wrestling Entertainment. So they have Sable come out and tell them that they're all beautiful on the inside. <laughs> and then that's when they become dancing baby faces. Yeah. Then now together forever or whatever. <laughs> right. That whole that whole trajectory from their debut here at this Raw to like Next SummerSlam. That's how long all of that takes. Long-term storytelling, pal. That's right. That was the plan all along. From the Truth Commission debuting here, they had it mapped out that they're going to become dancing baby faces by next year's <laughs> SummerSlam. That's why you got to let it play out. That's right. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I just said, all right. Fair enough. So also on this day in wrestling history... And again, we don't do, you know, this recent for wrestling history because it was only a year ago, but a year ago. Uh, on AEW TV, Chris Jericho took on Nick Gage. I guess the real Deathmatch King couldn't get booked. They couldn't afford him. So they had to go with a bargain basement, watered down version of Nick Gage. Well, again, you say that, but this is like, what, like five days, four days off of 
the Nick Gage Broski match. Yeah, it was very close. You know? Yeah, I think the Nick the the Bros. So if, you know, uh, today's the twenty eighth. I think that match happened like the twenty fourth, maybe. Um, but yeah, so it's just uh, a crazy thing. And you know, if you remember, uh, Broski was an AEW he was a Cody favor hire. <laughs> and well, was yeah. he always brag about he had two matches and five shirts or whatever it was and a pay-per-view payday and a pay-per-view payday. Sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I remember that that was when uh, AEW, I guess, was that that wasn't pandemic. That was like right after they were doing shows in front of people. Right. Yeah. This was in front of a live crowd. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. they were like bringing in like Hooventude and stuff like that for the labors of Jericho. Right. OK. Poor Nick Gage. I hope he's doing well. Uh, you know what? Uh, Jordan Oliver posted a video the other day of him helping Nick Gage uh, go through rehab. So uh, he's, he's starting to look better. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, he doesn't look like me. He looks like me like 11 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not sure if that's a compliment or not. I uh, you know, it's a lateral <laughs> move, I guess. Yeah. All right. But uh, I'm I'm hoping uh, Nikki gets healthy and stays healthy. He's a good dude, you know. Yeah. All right. Your deathmatch king bullshit. <laughs> well, hey, one of them won that match. The other one went home a loser, and uh, the loser mm-hmm. wasn't Broski. Yeah, more about Broski a little bit later on, maybe. Oh, all right. I'm listening. Yeah. All right, hey, Adam, what do you want to talk about that happened in wrestling in the last uh, seven days? Okay, well, I have totally detailed notes, Joe, that definitely didn't get deleted, and I definitely didn't discover this minutes before we went on the air. (laughs) Um, So I know that one of the things I was going to talk about, and we are a little late to the game, some of the other shows in the network scooped and booped us, but uh, I would be remiss if we didn't talk about some of the uh, announced changes in the WWE uh, notably the fact that, uh, your boy Triple H, uh, is now not only the executive in charge of talent relations, but is also supposedly booking all over on SmackDown. And the fact that maybe your other boy, Kevin Dunn might be on his way out. So I know that a lot of people were like tweeting like, oh, this is going to put AEW out of business. You're going to have Paul booking, like tune into raw. It's going to be a completely different show. And I did tune into Raw, and it wasn't a different show. And I did watch SmackDown, or not SmackDown, I'm sorry, NXT. uh, And that was not a different show. But, I mean, I don't want to say that this gives me any kind of optimism to make WWE more watchable. But I think there are certain things that maybe won't happen going forward. Like when people go from NXT to WWE's main roster, they probably won't get silly new rebrands going forward. Like uh, uh, I'm sure that's something that we can say maybe won't happen, but I just kind of want to get your take on like, what are some of the the short term changes, if any, that you might see and what might change down the road. And this is all assuming that like Vince McMahon isn't puppeting stuff from from the rafters and this isn't like a shadow regime. But, you know, obviously there's things that you could be optimistic about and there's things you could be pessimistic about. And I want to get your take. Well, um, you know, obviously Vince uh, stepping down uh, when the tweet came out Friday afternoon, I swear to God, I grabbed it and I sent it to a bunch of people and I'm like, 
I think Vince's account was hacked. <laughs> um, and then I saw other people. It's like, yeah, usually any Vince tweet comes from like a Hootsuite or whatever it is, you know, because uh, I know you're going to be surprised by this. Vince doesn't run his social media. What? Right. All right. Um, and then like maybe like 20 minutes later, the press release comes out, like officially announcing that Vince is out and Stephanie and Nick Khan are going to be co-CEOs. They actually removed Vince from the website, like the corporate website hierarchy. And then it was that following Monday. Cause so it all started out like Friday morning. It was announced that triple H was head of talent relations, which was yeah. the job that Johnny Ace was taken out of. And my sweet Brucey was put into. <laughs> so they put triple H into that. And now Brucey goes back to whatever his job was. Well, again, less said about that, the better. And then it was Monday morning where they announced that Triple H is now head of creative. Now, it's going to take a long time for Triple H uh, and World Wrestling Entertainment to get things straightened out. This isn't going to be something that happens overnight where all of a sudden the product is good and the yeah. storylines make sense or are compelling or we care, right? Yeah. It's not going to be from a lack of trying, but you have to take into consideration that Vince is still going to be looming over he's still like the top shareholder of the company so he's still gonna have some sort of sway over his daughter and his son-in-law and his son-in-law who is going to be running creative of i guess nxt because if you remember a couple of weeks ago he talked about i'm back everybody mm -hmm. and raw and smackdown and the pay-per-views and i guess level up as well right oh thank uh, god level up and main event so um, Triple H, who couldn't handle the pressure of moving NXT from one hour to two hours, is now going to be responsible for two, four, seven hours of original programming a week, if you don't include Level Up and Main Event, and I don't. Mm -hmm. um, that seems like a lot of work. One, for someone who, again, cracked into the pressure of moving a, the developmental show from one hour to two hours, and someone who just came off a massive heart attack and was yeah. stepping away from his responsibilities at World Wrestling Entertainment due to his health, right? Mm -hmm. Something seems up. Um, there's a lot of rumor and speculation going around that um, maybe the heart attack was a lie. And maybe Triple H and or Stephanie and or Nick Khan were the ones that leaked out this information about Vince to have all these stories come out literally on a bi-weekly basis. Every Friday, something new comes out further burying Vince. Like just even the other day, it didn't happen on a Friday, but that WWE had to come out and say, we have to readjust our earnings because we found $14 million that's unaccounted for, which just <laughs> happens to be the $14 million that was discussed in the previous thing of Vince paying people off. Yeah. Um, there's a lot that they have to do to get things straightened out. You know, and I, I know a lot of people make jokes about it. I even made a joke that Raw was going to open up with Triple H calling MJF to see if he can come over and play, uh, <laughs> people pulling up an interview from Triple H from like seven years ago where he was saying the worst thing that happened to Raw was going to three hours. If I could move it back to two hours, I would. And people are like, oh, that means Raw's going back to two hours. If only it was that easy just to snap their fingers and go back. Um, and you had made the joke and said, my buddy, Kevin Dunn, he's the last piece of the puzzle. 
nothing is really going to change in their televised wrestling product until Kevin Dunn is out. Would you say that nothing will change like creatively or just presentation wise? Because I didn't know that he had his fingers in creative. He was Vince's right hand man. There was there were stories coming out this week. Um, I don't know if you saw the Freddie Prince Jr. one where oh. Freddie Prince Jr. was part of creative for a while. And on his podcast just this week, he had said, um, you know, that he and the writers and so on and so forth would come up with a storyline for a woman and they would go and pitch it to Vince and Kevin Dunn and the group for like 20 minutes and lay everything out. And Kevin Dunn would say, I don't find her attractive. And Vince would just shoot the whole idea down. (laughs) So again, you know, you could look at the time that uh, Freddie Prince Jr. was there and try to put the puzzles together of who it may or may not have been. Um, but other than just the bad camera edits, Kevin Dunn has a lot of say over what you saw on that television program creatively. Cause you know, not unlike Bruce, he was just like right at the seat at Vince. And, um, so are they going to make some creative changes? They already have. And we'll talk about that when we get into, does Joe know the card, but you're not going to see Like they have to do it gradually. They just can't do it like a bandaid being ripped off. It's going to be too jarring for these people that have watched a horrible Vince put together program for the last 20 plus years. And then with actual camera movements that don't look like you're a jittery Eskimo fireman. (laughs) I think a lot of people wanted or expected raw to open up and it being like, remember the episode of WCW where Bischoff and Russo took over and they're like, we're just stripping all the titles. We're starting from scratch. And like people all of a sudden had different gimmicks and different storylines and, uh, you know, something like that. They expected a jarring change, like a, a reboot, a zero issue, if you will. And uh, it, it, like you said, it takes a long time to steer a ship that big in a different direction. Exactly. But- what would you, like I mentioned like that, you know, if somebody gets the call up from NXT or they won't get a, a silly name change and maybe they won't get buried, you know, under the, the Triple H thing, because obviously there was a lot of people who were super over in NXT and then got to the main roster and Vince or Kevin Dunn was like, I don't get it. And they were immediately rebranded or buried or whatever. Um, I think that those are the most immediate changes. But what would you think is something that you can expect to see in the short term, if anything? Uh, A lot of people that were considered Triple H people being rehired, that were let go during many of the mass firings, and people that are still with the company that may be considered a Kevin Dunn or a Johnny Ace person being let go. Uh, Like behind the scenes or like talent-wise? Across the board. Okay. All right. Looking forward to that. It's always It'll be nice interesting, w- you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, I can't speak for you, but, like, I don't like anything. Like, Vince McMahon and Kevin Dunn and all that shit. Like, good riddance. And if we can make WWE even 10% more watchable, I'd be happy, you know? I think what? they need I, to dedicate... I, I was going to say they need to dedicate an entire hour of Raw to, like, the, the maximum models... You know, that'll help with the show. <laughs> well, well, before we get into one of the things I wanted to talk about. <laughs> um, so one of the big, I guess, changes that they've already made is um, they announced that they are doing a head-to-head NXT TakeOver against All Out this year. Okay. I mean. Which they haven't done in like 
two years. Yeah. So, you know, that's a clear sign that this is the first time that we're doing it and we're doing it on Peacock, of course, and we're doing it head to head with All Out, you know? Yeah. That's mm, how, how are we going to decide what to watch, Joe? I'll oh. figure it out. I don't know how I will, but I'm sure I'll I'll, I'll be able to figure it out. You we're know, gonna, we're gonna wrestle the the remote control away from DJ at his house and be like, "No, we're watching Takeover. Turn off this this AEW pay per view, Patui." Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I was gonna, you know, uh, I don't usually start the what we talk what we wanted to talk about in the last seven days. Uh, that's usually your deal, but if we were gonna, I was gonna be like, "Well, the news came out on Friday. The rumors were swirling." They were missing from TV. Um, you know, there was a lot of talk about them maybe uh, rubbing people the wrong way backstage. But Max Dupree might be out of Maxim Male Models. Uh-oh. Uh, so last week on SmackDown, they announced that he was going to be debuting his sister, Maxine Dupree. Yeah. And then on this past episode of SmackDown, Maxine was there no max if you go over to the maximummalemodels.com website like i do on a daily basis <laughs> max's picture is still on there alongside maxine but those maximum male model shirts have been pulled off wbshop.com oh shit saturday afternoon max dupree tweets out hey what did i miss um so the rumors going around was that that was one of the things that Vince had done. Like one of the last things that Vince did, he didn't like Max Dupree or whatever it was. I was making the jokes that maybe he was just preparing for his new gimmick of being an evil masseuse and rubbing people the wrong way. Um, but with this regime change, uh, obviously he was hired as a triple H guy. I wouldn't be surprised if they just put him back down in NXT as LA Knight again and just like act like that never happened. Huh. Now, I don't know. Like, are we biased that, like, the Max Dupree thing was better than L.A. Knight? Like, it's maybe, like, obviously Vince doesn't want anybody below a certain height to wrestle. So that's how he became a mouthpiece. But, you know, keep him on the main roster as Max Dupree and have him be, like, a trios guy. You know, like, he can tag with them, New Day style. You know, and plus you got Maxine. Like, I don't get... This is one thing that maybe just for us, we could be the only ones that find this amusing. But this seems like you're you're spiting him, you know, just to be because it's a Vince move, you know? Right. Did I work myself into a shoot of my fandom of L.A. Knight slash Max Dupree? Absolutely. <laughs> Was I a little sad that he wasn't included in the toy release at San Diego last week? Maybe a little. Um, yeah. But at this point, you know, he's not fired. You know, and I like the Maximum Male Models thing, and it was funny. There's a very good chance they could just, like, keep him off TV for, like, a week or two and then just bring him back once Vince, like, dies or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and I, I obviously this is a, a take from uh, Ed from Pod Van Dam, but I really hope Vince goes and paternos himself at this point. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was talking to DJ, actually, about this. When you talk about people that get that old, and now granted a lot of the people that we were discussing are rock and roll drug types. Your Lemmy from Motorhead, your Keith Richards from the Rolling Stones, where Lemmy's doctors told him that he needs to cut down on the Jack Daniels and speed uh, because he was diagnosed with cancer. And he did. 
and then he almost immediately died because he was doing Jack Daniels and speed three to four times a day for 40 years and his body got accustomed to not being able to run on the fuel that is Jack Daniels and speed. <laughs> yeah. Keith Richards, on the other hand, says, I don't care what doctors tell me. I know what I need to take to stay alive. And that is copious amounts of cocaine. So the minute someone makes Keith Richards stop doing cocaine is the minute he dies. Yeah. And Vince's drug was professional wrestling. Vince has no hobbies. Vince has no outside interests. Um, and that was the thing that motivated him. And that was the thing that kept him going. Um, you know, and maybe they've set him up with like a uh, total extreme warfare on his computer or something so that at <laughs> least he has something to book. But they say that when you're that old and I forget who else it was uh, talking about this, where, you know, somebody was saying that, like they have old neighbors who were literally out there mowing their lawn every day. And I actually had an old neighbor that was like that. And he was whether the lawn needed or not. He was out there mowing the lawn every day, tended to the garden and everything else like that. And he had gotten an infection, and I'm sure the infection was part of it, but when he got the infection, he couldn't do his yard work every day, and he died shortly after, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just that when you get that old, you have that routine, that thing that keeps you going, and Vince has had this thing that's kept him going for almost 40 years now, and now he doesn't have it anymore. Yeah. Um. So, you know, um. Who is going to make it to see 2023, Adam? Vince McMahon or Ric Flair? Ooh. Well, considering the fact that probably tomorrow Ric Flair is going to die, uh, I'm going to say neither makes it to 2023, but Vince uh, outlasts Rick. You think so? I think so. Because it's very much possible that Ric Flair dies, if not in the ring, uh, shortly thereafter due to complications from that match. Yeah. Uh, like, he might not drop dead in the ring, but he might pull, like, an Ultimate Warrior where he makes an appearance on Raw and then, like, the, a day or two later, or, like, later on that night, uh, his heart, little heart could explode. Uh, so so I, I don't think either makes it to 2023, but my money's on Vince because, uh, I mean, there, I was about to say, you know, evil usually lasts and they're both pretty much scumbags, but, right. uh, yeah, it's, it's tough, but I think Vince lives longer. Uh, I would have to agree, and I was gonna I was going to move the goalposts a little bit. And say, okay, Adam, who makes it to Halloween? <laughs> uh, they, neither, both, one or the other. Uh, I'll say Vince makes it to Halloween. Ric Flair don't. Uh, you know what? Uh, I'm, I'm in agreement with that. Yeah. Because, I mean, we'll, re we'll revisit this in uh, three months. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, Vince McMahon, as you said, and many people have said, I mean, you could you could take away whatever title you want. He's still got his fingers in the company. And until, uh, you know, like something happens where like he's charged for taking company funds, you know, because that's not legal uh, to do these hush things. Something that gets him permanently separated from any operations of the WWE. Uh, that's when the clock can start ticking on his uh, him not living. But as of right now, you know, he's still working behind the scenes in some capacity, you know. Yeah, I, I could see like him just, and, and that's the other thing. I, I if I didn't mention in all my rambling of stuff before, you know, everything that I say about Triple H with you know the failure of taking NXT from one hour to two hours, he's been in that machine under Vince in some way, shape, or form for the past like fifteen to twenty years. So the only way that he knows how to book and run a company is the way that Vince booked and ran a company. 
So yeah. even if Vince doesn't have a direct influence, like his teachings are going to be felt through Triple H, through Stephanie. That's why I'm saying Nick Khan being there is going to help. Kevin Dunn getting out of there is going to be another catalyst. That's that's going to be where you're going to see like some real, real change happening. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. My turn. Yeah. All right. Um, I had a bunch of detailed notes. And those are already gone. So all I have written down here is that we've, oh, I don't want to say we, uh, I finally got what I wanted, something that I've been complaining about for a while. And that's the fact that AEW announced that they were going to bring the trios titles that we all kind of knew were coming any day now. And obviously a lot of people were tweeting, well, I guess Kenny Omega is cleared to come back because you said that they these titles were not going to debut until we were going to get Kenny Omega and the Bucks as a trios. But that notwithstanding, I'm happy to see the trios belts because there's a lot of great stables and great trios that, you know, don't get their due, whether it be the best friends or, you know, Dark Order or House of Black or whatever. Uh, there's a lot of great uh, trios that can benefit from having these belts. And uh, I have in the past been like, oh, there's too many belts. I've changed my mind. There's not enough belts. Give me more. Give me more. And I'm happy to see the trios uh, have been announced. And uh, I think they said that, like, there's a tournament upcoming or it's going to be crowned at All Out or whatever. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, 100%. It's cool that the trio titles are there. I like the look of them. Uh, they look very WCW-esque. Yep. And we have no idea how the tournament is going to work out or play out and so forth. But uh, AEW has established so many trios, um, you know, and they started reestablishing some old ones. And it'll be interesting to see how everything ends up shaking out. Not to say that I wasn't interested to see what was going to happen with it. But now that the wheel has finally started to move, I could actually say, like, okay, now the intrigue and the everything else can could begin, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got the Undisputed Eras in there, and, you know, the Bucks and Omega, if that's how they choose to go. There's a lot of a lot of interesting combinations, too, that you can throw together, you know, as well. Right. All right. Yeah, like I said, not much to talk about there, but I just wanted to bring it up since it was something I've been clamoring for for a while. Also, Joe, uh, just real throw in here real quick, Aaron Judge just hit a walk-off home run to to win the game for the Yankees, but uh, that's that's besides the point. I don't know who that is. <laughs> we'll go into great detail later. So uh, I got another AEW thing to talk about from Dynamite this past week. All right. Uh, I'm not going to say that it was ECW-esque where one thing flowed into another because it didn't have that same feel of chaoticness to it. But that the first hour of TV this week was unbelievable. But most notably... Everything from the Ricky Starks hype video to the match with Danhausen, the second challenge, Hook coming out, which we all knew was going to happen. Hook beats him, beats Ricky Starks to win the FTW title. Then Ricky cuts like the babyface promo of all babyface promos and Hobbs turns on him. Damn what, it, Joe, a, what a wild like 20 minutes of TV that was. Yeah, this is the thing that I was telling you before we went on the air that I had in my notes and I couldn't remember what it was when it got deleted. Fuck. Yeah, this was all from start to finish great television. Very predictable up to the Hobbs turn 
you know, but like that didn't make it less enjoyable because sometimes, you know, you can predict what's going to happen because it's the thing you want to see and the thing that should happen, you know, and, and all of this followed that script. But, uh, yeah, that, that Starks promo was fantastic. He is even in the loss of the title and it's, it's a bullshit made up title, whatever, but even losing, even losing the FTW. It's an outlaw title. That's not recognized. Uh, (laughs) and it's for real fighters. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Even in losing that title, like he lost nothing, you know, from a credibility standpoint. And now you have Hobbs turning on him. So the rocket ship of just babyface stardom, like him and the acclaimed, you know, obviously not on the same level, but just two, uh, types of heels that just people wanted to cheer and you're giving them what they want by, by turning them baby faces. Uh, I loved all of that. Now you can have hook go on a little bit of a hot, hot Goldberg streak of just tearing through people as the FTW champion. Um, also, I don't think Danhausen loses anything. Cause I know I saw a lot of people complaining, like, how could you have Danhausen, you know, lose all the time? And like Danhausen don't need to win. Danhausen could just do promos backstage uh, for like the next two years and, and people will love him. But I, I loved everything about this segment. I agree with you completely. Yep. Great stuff. Yeah. Um, ugh. that, that was a really good, uh, good a dub. Um, trying to think of you had the Mox versus Roosh to open things up. And then you, yeah, had and that was a really killer match. Like I said, that first hour was just like hot stuff, man. Yeah. And then Danielson versus Garcia in the main event. I mean, you take out Jake Hagar and that was just a five-star match, you know? Yeah. So, um, you know, Dan, uh, Danielson's one of my top five favorites of all time. Um, we talk about people gaining or losing from victories or losses, um, you know, obviously you don't want to have Danielson lose all the time, but when you do have Danielson lose, I don't think he loses any of his mystique or aura, you know, he's coming out to the ring and, uh, it says like his record and his record is like whatever and four. And I'm like, I could name all four of those losses. And he's yeah. only been in the company for a little over a little under a year. And like, that's how important those losses are because. Danielson means that much and you know whatever the kabuki ish a little bit at the end you know I think Daniel Garcia gains so much from that victory over Danielson and you know people were like oh is he really hurt he shouldn't have taken that DDT on the floor and everything else like that um the pile driver and listen does anyone that you're gonna trust that knows his body especially at this point especially after taking six weeks off or whatever it was for concussion stuff, it's Danielson. And I trust yeah. him with his body and his neck and his head more than me sitting at home speculating and postulating on any of this stuff. Now, I will say, with there being the finals of the trios tournament at the pay-per-view and some of the matches that it appears are being set up, I would love for there to be one more Eddie versus Jericho match just to kind of wrap up the bow on that. But it looks like they might be doing Eddie and Sammy Guevara at the pay-per-view. And it looks like they might be doing Danielson and Jake Hager at the pay-per-view. Yeah. And uh, 
when we saw, uh, you know, Moxley was in the ring, you know, after his match and Jericho came out with the Jericho Appreciation Society, I was like, oh, man, are they moving Jericho away from Eddie completely? And Eddie's just going to eat that that loss and they're going to not have a rubber match. You know, I was kind of disappointed in that. But we'll see. We're You know, we're yeah. still five weeks out, whatever it is, from All Out and... You know, uh, I, I think people like Tony and the presser even said that just with the way that things kind of hashed out last year, you didn't know the full card of All Out until almost like two weeks before the pay-per-view. Yeah. Just because they had to hold off on the punk stuff and they had to hold off on when they could debut Danielson and Adam Cole and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, AEW is kind of, you know, in a very short amount of time, I think has built up a lot of trust with a lot of the fandom. And I'm not going to sit here and say it's five weeks out. We don't know a match in the pay-per-view. If I'm smart enough and they're doing a good enough job, I should be able to tell where things are going. Yeah. And you don't want, there's no chance that we're going to be like, well, I'm not sure I'm going to watch the pay-per-view. I need to see some matches announced. Yeah. Like, you know, no, I'm going to watch it. Cause I'm sure whatever gets announced, I'm sure there's going to be a, at least a handful that I'm like, Oh God, I need to see these matches. Exactly. Yeah. All right, Joe, do you have any more talking points? No, I think that's it. All right. Uh, I'm not sure if you're aware, but there's a pay-per-view this weekend. It's Sammy Zane's kicking down to the ring. It's Kofi Kingston doing his thing. Ruby Soho. Brian Danielson. No, no, no. Is it the big dog's yard? Let's find out. Does Joe know the card? That's right, Joe. WWE SummerSlam is this Saturday. And according to Wikipedia, the most trusted source of all wrestling news and information, there are eight announced matches, none of which are on the pre-show. Joe, do you know the card? Maybe. And <laughs> I thought you were going to try to pull a fast one on me and have me name the matches that are on the Ric Flair's last match show. Oh, God, no. I don't care that much about that show. <laughs> Technically on pay-per-view as well. Uh, yeah, I'm sure right. a lot of people will be paying for that. Right. Uh. Okay. So we have Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. Um, What's the step? The titles are on the line. Uh, last Man Standing. That is correct. Okay. Uh, we have uh, Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair. Yep. We have Liv Morgan taking on Ronda Rousey. That is three. As some would say, lousy Ronda Rousey. <laughs> uh, for the unified tag titles, uh, some team versus some team with Double J as the special guest referee. <laughs> no, I kid. It's the Usos and the Street Profits. I know what the real thing is, right? Yeah. All right. Uh, so this... Throw. So this is where things get a little shaky only because they've done such a poor job of making people care about this pay-per-view. Um, is Seth Rollins versus Riddle still on the Wikipedia version? No, because Seth Rollins is like sending out kayfabe tweets about yeah. being like, I really wish I could have been there for you people. Like, no, he's currently not on the show. Okay, we'll come back to that. I have no idea what the other matches on the card are. Oh, man. oh, no, wait. Uh, Miz versus the Paul boy. Yep, Logan Paul. Logan Paul. I don't know. I know there's two of them. Yeah. <laughs> Miz versus Logan Paul. 
So that's two more matches, three more matches. Uh, three more. I. Uh, uh, All right. There's another one that's got a celebrity in it. Celebrity-ish. Adjacent. Oh, uh, uh, Pat McAfee versus Happy Corbin. That's correct. Ugh. You have a singles match for a title left. Is there and a title a- that matters in the world rest? Oh, Aust- uh, Austin Theory versus Bob Lashley. Yep. And then you have a no disqualification tag team match. Oh, boy. I'll give you uh, half of it if you need it. Is it uh, is it Nikki and Dewdrop? No, it is men. Okay, then I have no clue. Uh, the Mysterios versus Judgment uh, Day, Damian Priest and Finn Balor. Ugh. <laughs> Holy shit, what a bad pay-per-view this is. <laughs> okay, so I want to talk about the Seth uh, Rollins and Matt Riddle match, right? Okay. So on the bump, they did a thing where they announced that Matt Riddle had some sort of injury and had to be pulled out of the match, okay? Yeah. Um. Everyone's like, hmm, can't figure out when he got injured. There was, like, nothing that happened live where, like, medical went out to check on him. So, like, "Mm, what's going on here, right? Mm. And then there's the Seth tweet that you mentioned that he's like, oh, you know, this breaks my six-year-in-a-row streak of being on SummerSlam, and I'm sorry I let you fans down, like, babyface, 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 right? Yeah. Which is odd as well. And then if you saw Triple H quote tweeted him and said, I hear you. (laughs) <laughs> no, I didn't see that. Okay. Because there's speculation that Seth is going to have a match on SummerSlam. And Seth is going to have a match on SummerSlam against a previously released or fired talent. Or maybe okay. somebody who didn't renew his contract. Um, okay. Now, granted, I may have been wrong about another prediction that I made. And we can get into that when we get into homework. Um... But I think you're going to see Seth Rollins versus Johnny Gargano at SummerSlam this weekend. Mm. Okay. Okay. I don't like that, but go on. I don't like it either, but I'm just telling you. I have a feeling. <laughs> uh, how is that going to affect his major bendies being released? That's what really matters. Right. That's the true. Well, one can only hope that whatever deals are allowed outside of, and then maybe Triple H will allow people to make outside deals for stuff like that. Or maybe, did you see the Cody interview where he said that he wished uh, Broski came back to WWE? I, I heard about it. I didn't actually hear the interview, but uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that dude, just completely off topic, but like that would be uh, one easy way to ingratiate yourself with the talent is to just be like, all right, all that bullshit where it's like you're not allowed to maybe not outside bookings. That might be a little bit of a stretch, but like obviously go do your podcasts, you know, do sell your merch on pro wrestling tees based on your old gimmick, you know, that kind of stuff. Or like or even like extend across the aisle like they have, you know, uh, Power Town had to pull the DiBiase figure because of DiBiase's Legends deal. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a bunch of people that signed with either Zombie or Chella to do legend stuff to do figures and then they ended up signing legend deals but their figures are so far down the road we don't know what's going to happen with them like obviously let's not hire broski back as a talent but let's talk to broski about doing like major bendies for like wwe guys yeah and giving broski like a chunk of change and say okay you know obviously mattel's not in the bendies line just toys in the bendies line 
you are. You're a toy company. Let's deal with you. Yeah. Or just like we get at the Royal Rumble once a year, you get maybe one or two surprise people. Like you had Mickey James in the uh, the ladies rumble last year. And there was speculation like, oh, we might see Zack Ryder in there. It, why wait until that one pay-per-view a year to have the anything can happen in a WWE? You know, earlier in this show, we talked about Nick Gage and Hooventude popping up on Dynamite. You know, why not have... If Austin Theory is going to have an open challenge for his United States title, why not have the occasional indie person come in and just work a match? You know, yeah, not they, saying it has to be would, broski, but if you remember at the height of the pandemic, they did like a one-off where they brought Heath back, yeah, for like a one-off thing, but that was like a nothing, you know. Yep. Um, I, I like that idea of like kind of being because like, even Triple H when he was still in power before his real heart attacks. He says, yeah, we want to open up those doors and work with other people. But he was just saying that they weren't actually ever going to do that. You said it. Why don't yeah. you do it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, allegedly, you have nothing in your way, you know, and if you do, that's going to expose who's really running things, you know? Right. But yeah, it's, it's interesting to think about. But uh, as far as the SummerSlam, the Summerfest goes, uh, Brock versus Roman. Uh, I hope Roman retains. Yeah, there's no reason for Brock to to win. Yeah, that's the as only match I'm concerned. Roman needs to keep that for as long as possible. I guess, what is it, the day after SummerSlam is like 700 days? Something like that, yeah. You know, yeah. run it to Mania. Like, if Brock is going to lose the belt, it should be at a WrestleMania. Yeah. Yeah, and SummerSlam ain't what it used to be. It's not a marquee pay-per-view. Realistically, Mania this, is the only one, you know? This card on paper ain't a marquee card, you know? No, no, They've done is... nothing to build up any of these matches. A good chunk of them are either rematches from, like, the previous pay-per-view or even, like, the previous year's WrestleMania. Yeah. And, like, this is a free... I'm sure more matches, like... Three more matches will get announced tomorrow. You know, who are we kidding? It's it, it, But, it, it, like, you look at it, and there's just so many, like, top guys that aren't on this. Mm-hmm. And it's SummerSlam. This isn't, you know, in your house. This isn't Backlash, you know? Uh, they, they, it's SummerSlam. You should have a fuck ton of announced matches uh, with all of your guys in it. You know, because obviously, you mentioned Seth Rollins isn't on here yet. You don't have AJ Styles. There's And there, I'm, there's lots of them that I'm going to forget. But The New Day. Yeah, like the New Day. What an afterthought those Kevin guys. Owens. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy Zayn. Like, these Jimmy are all Zane. people that are your big stars, and they don't, they don't even have a sniff on the pay-per-view. Yeah. And, like, again, this is not – it would be fine if it was one of the the regular in-between tiny pay-per-views where you're like, okay, we just f- focus on some storyline here. But, you know, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, they should have everybody that's a top guy on there. You know, right. use your star power. But whatever. What do I know? I'm not running the company. Exactly. Yeah. All right, Joe, what's next? Homework time. All right. Homework. Homework. It's an obligation you owe your family and yourself. Home, home, homework. 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 Homework.
homework. It's an obligation you owe your family and yourself. All right, Joe. So I assigned AIW Absolution 15 this past weekend, which I watched live, but it is available to stream on Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium. Right. I did not get a chance to watch it live for, I don't know what the hell. Oh, the Ring of Honor pay-per-view was going on, right? We didn't even talk about the Ring of Honor pay-per-view. Oh, yeah. Congrats to uh, Claudio there. Uh, yeah, so uh, Claudia won the Ring of Honor world title, and the Briscoes versus FTR surprisingly was an awesome fucking match. Uh, you know, we talked about the one that they did at Supercard of Honor over Mania weekend, how good that match was. Go out of your way to see this match. It was unbelievable. Yeah, I, I had to make the decision. I had to make the choice, which I was going to watch live, and I guess I'm the bigger AIW fan on this podcast, so yeah. I chose AIW. That's true. <laughs> uh, so if you did not get a chance to watch the show There's no reason not to uh, Whether it be live or on the VOD uh, Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium A.K.A. InBennettWrestling.tv uh, But if you want to follow along A little bit more closely You can head over to our friend Kevin's Website, MassedLibrary.com He always does a write-up for any of the shows That we assign for homework Yeah, absolutely uh, So uh, obviously this is Absolution This is their Wrestlemania uh, so the show is a little longer than usual. Yeah, and it did, honestly, it didn't feel long. Now, I, I might be a homer on this, and I am usually the first person to complain if a show runs too long. But you take out the intermission, and you take out the time that was lost to like setting up the ring for the main event. I think the rest of it flowed pretty quickly. Uh, I'd be hard-pressed to disagree with that. Um, yeah. You know, everything was set up. Um perfectly throughout the, the last couple of weeks or the last months or even since the beginning of the year to blow off here at this show. So let's kind of go over everything um, and anything that you uh, want to chime in with, you let me know, right? Absolutely. Uh, show opens, unannounced match of a six-way scramble match, Gringo Loco, M-Dog 20, uh, Tommy KD, Chase Oliver, Riley Rose, and the debuting Commander uh, open things up. Commander had been getting some play over the last couple of weeks with some of the aerial antics that he was able to do, essentially doing like the rope walk unassisted, leaping from one side of the ropes to the other and doing a dive to the outside. Pretty goddamn amazing. Of course, he does it in this match. Um, Chase Oliver wins. He's wearing a shirt that says Scramble God. And I might have mentioned this on the show before. I don't know if I have. Um, and I'm not sure they would be the first ones to do it. But uh, when I see the boss this weekend, I'm going to pitch to him doing a scramble title. Okay, what what would a scramble title is just something that has to be defended in a scramble match? Yep. Okay. Has that been done before? I, it probably has been somewhere. If I was to guess, it was done like in Mexico or Latin American country. Okay. Uh, but you could kind of say it's the first one of the United States. The only caveat to it would be... Um, that to win the title, you have to pin the champ. You just can't pin anyone in the match. Um, it's a way to kind of keep things honest that you're actually pinning the person who has the title. And it's also a way to have the champion lose a match, but not lose the title. Then, okay, uh, not to derail, like why would you pin anybody but the champion in that match then? To win, to get the winner's share of the purse. <laughs> so, what, so, so then the other thing is like, let's say... There's like a big crazy dive train, right? Yeah. And it's like boom, 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 boom. And there's three guys on the outside that are laid out. And now you're in the ring 
with like one guy who's been beaten up a bunch, am I going to go do a dive in a pile of guys or am I going to get the win? Hmm. See, I see it as like, why, like, I'm trying to put logic into this. Why would you ever like, yes, you can get the win and get the winner's share of the purse and all the prestige that comes with, you know, you're getting their hand raised, but like, oh man, that champ is out there. I see it as a way that like the champion is at a supreme disadvantage because everybody in that scramble match wants to get the pin on that guy or girl. And, uh, it's a way to really put the heat on the champ, you know, but Hmm. I like this idea. But again, it's just a thought. It's an idea. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, But yeah, great match. I liked it a lot. Great match. Um, So that's the other thing. Like no match, like every match on this card except for one was like right around like 11 to 14 minutes. And nothing like felt like it overstayed its welcome. Uh, everything was exactly where it needed to be, you know? Yeah. And I, I mean, I think maybe it, it, I, it might be my bloodlust coming through because I am a deathmatch ghoul, but like I wanted more of the main event, you know, but it was what it was. I liked it as it was, but we'll get to it, you know? All right, Joe, next up. Uh, we have, oh, go, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say we have Tuan Tucker versus Matthew Justice with uh, Bill Alfonso. Uh, yeah, so this was a good match. It was just two big dudes beating the hell out of each other. Uh, there was one thing that was real impressive that, like, Justice came, like, they were in the ring. Justice came with, like, a crossbody at the top rope, and Tuan caught him into a power slam, which was, like, super impressive. Yeah. Um, Tuan got to kick out of one, kick out at one on Justice's finisher, and won the match with a power slam off the top rope through, like, a big pyramid of, like, doors and chairs and shit. Yeah, and it was very surprising, but understandable that Tuan gets the win on this, you know, and I listened to the card is going to change earlier today, and that was Justice being like, you know, hey, I want to make sure this guy's taken care of, and uh, it definitely surprised me watching it live, but it's not one of those things where you're like, bullshit, you know, that shouldn't have happened. Like, you're like, oh, I was not expecting it, but I'm pleasantly surprised. Exactly. All right, next up, Wes Barkley versus the man with the greatest entrance in absolution history, (laughs) the Duke. Uh, So I don't think they got a great job of catching it on the live feed of the VOD, but apparently he had the affinity gems, not stones, gems uh, on the side of the throne as he came out. I heard commentary say it, but I didn't I didn't I was just too much in awe of the whole presentation. I didn't catch that detail. Yes. Um, I love the Duke so much and it's not like, so, um, if I was a fan, I would hate the Duke so much. Right. (laughs) Yeah. But because I know the Duke, I love all this stuff. Right. Well, see, I I don't know the Duke either. You know, we follow each other on Twitter, but I don't think I've ever had a conversation with them, but like, I am a fan and I'm eating this up. Right. And it's just that he doesn't have merch. He doesn't, he's not a cool heel where he wants to get over. He's a dick. Yeah. <laughs> he wants you to hate him. And yeah. he does the most over the top, obnoxious things to get people to hate you, uh, to, yeah. to hate him. And Wes is like super duper baby face. And, you know, you have the build up. And I saw somebody tweeting maybe um, live during this. It's like, I don't like them talking so much about like records, right? Uh huh. And I'm like, fuck that, man. Like, 
make these matches mean something. And if you act like, you know, obviously, like, the big thing was, like, Undertaker's record at WrestleMania, right? For the longest time. If AIW is like, man, we're treating Absolution as our WrestleMania, and we're like, this is their first time in Absolution, this is a bigger stage, this is a bigger deal, their record here is only 5-5, five and five. if they're victorious here and the Duke loses, then they're the time, you know what I mean? So I yeah. like that sort of aspect, and, you know, I'm not the only one to say this. Um, but I think Wadsworth and uh, Nathan Zagura are unbelievable on commentary and AIW and have added so much uh, to the presentation of these shows. Um, and, and it's been offered to me to do commentary at the show this weekend. And I really want to because I like doing commentary, but I'm going into it knowing I'm not going to be able to touch what Wadsworth and uh, Nathan Zagura do. Like, I'm not even going to come close to the presentation that they've added to AIW, you know, over the last year of doing shows together. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great commentary. I uh, just want to take this one at a time here. Uh, I agree. Uh, Zagura and Wadsworth really good on commentary. I liked, uh, I think pod Van Dam said it, that, you know, having Zagura on there gives it the air of legitimacy that you have this sports guy, you know, uh, a guy who is like a professional sports broadcaster from the, from the fake rest or the fake sports world, you know, coming in and just kind of giving it the rub. Um, I, you definitely have to do at least a match because that's what the people want to see. Um, but as far as the records and like keeping score and everything, I agree. Absolution is presented as AIW's WrestleMania. And I think paying respect to the history is important. I like, I like the fact that when later on Lewis Linden comes out and it's mentioned that, Hey, like this is a guy who has like X amount of consecutive appearances at absolution. And, you know, obviously with the Duke having the most, you know, appearances or wins or any of that stuff, I liked hearing that all on commentary. I don't feel like it was an info dump. It was all compelling and it made sense why certain people were doing what they were doing, you know? Exactly. All right, uh, but yeah, the Duke... Oh, I'm sorry, I was just going to say, the Duke gets a surprising win here. Yes. Uh, I don't think it was a surprising win. Um, they've been... Like, the last like, couple months, they've been building Duke up as, if not the number one, the number two heel in the company. And you got to have him get some wins if he's going to be that top of a heel, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think maybe... Uh, was it uh, not Gauntlet for the gold, but what was the... Uh, uh, the, the big, uh, like, Cibernetico de Mayo. Yeah, like where he was kind of presented as a top guy in that, and that was kind yeah. of surprising, you know, at the time. Right. All right, so next up we have Katie Arquette versus Jocelyn Navarro in a two out of three falls match. Uh, yeah, so, um, you know, obviously I like when you do a different thing with a two out of three falls match. You don't do the thing where it's like one long match, two falls back-to-back -back real quick, and then it's just another long match. Um Jocelyn wins this two falls straight and the second fault was the second fall was by referee's decision. Um, and Jocelyn was like, kind of like healing on the crowd a little bit. Um, so that's very interesting to see where this is going to go. Um, I don't feel as though their program is over. It's kind of left open maybe for them to do Katie and Jocelyn one more time. Uh, yeah. but we sell she, we shall see. Yeah. Uh, fun match, not surprised by who won, kind of surprised on how it was handled, you know, but it is what it is. Uh, next up, we have the Bone Collector, Casey Carrington, versus Dom Guarini in a dog collar match. 
So uh, Casey Carrington and his group come out dressed like the Dudleys. Um, <laughs> again, I would be embarrassed to uh, be dressed anything like Ray Dudley. Uh, maybe Dudley Dudley or Dances with Dudley or right on down the line. But no, Casey did say Spike was his inspiration for this. And if you listen to the podcast uh, this past week, John said it was a little bit too short of notice. But that group did lobby to attempt to get Joel Gertner to come out and do the full introductions for them. <laughs> and uh, again, it's one of those things. You got to be more on top of this. You got to have these ideas quicker, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dom comes out very serious. Hometown crowd. Mom and dad are there. Uh, he comes out to uh, Fleetwood Max the chain. And this match was brutal. This match was crazy. Both guys get busted open. And it wasn't just your standard dog collar match. Um, where it's just like dog collar, but it's pinfalls or dog collar and it's touch all four corners. It's dog collar, submit or surrender. Um, and, you know, they set things up where the cronies on the outside, Jackson Stone and Brian Carson end up taking each other out. So now Dom has to act as quick as he can before they recoup. And he does. Dom kind of closes the book on Casey Carrington. Um, and now where does Dom go from here? And that's where a lot of this is, of course. You know, with the with the way WrestleMania is, like, you either have programs ending or programs beginning, and then it's to wonder, like, where things go from here, you know? Yeah. But uh, real nasty bloodbath, and I liked it, you know? For sure. All right, so the Jollyville Fuckets versus the Bitcoin Boys versus Members Only versus To Infinity and Beyond? Right. So uh, Cheech is not there for some reason. I don't know what's what Cheech's problem is. I hope he's OK. Uh, but Colin ends up replacing Cheech, as you had mentioned earlier, with uh, Lewis Linden in the match. Um, obviously, this is, you know, on paper was supposed to be two stalwart teams in AIW of the Jollyville Fuckets and Cheech and Colin taking on two young upstart teams in Bitcoin Boys and members only. Bitcoin Boys actually have had a lot of really good wins uh, kind of sporadically and spread out through the course of things um, where I think members only needed this big win. Um, it's announced for this Saturday, one of the non-tournament matches is the Von Englands, and I feel bad. I don't know what their new tag team name is, but it's a triple threat tag team match of the Von Englands versus members only versus PME. Is so, you know, heritage? you have... was that? Is it the Heritage? Maybe, maybe. I think that's I, not, that pops up. If I'm, if I'm doing a commentary this weekend, I really should know that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, obviously, you have a team on the come up. You have a team uh, in the middle. Everything okay over there? Yeah, I just dropped my phone. It happens. <laughs> so, team on the come up, a team on the down, and a team in the middle. So, that'll be very interesting. But I thought this was a fun match. Um, and I really, you know what, and whether it was planned or not, and obviously on the fly or not, where Lewis Linden ends up kind of abandoning uh, Colin, you can now maybe do Cheech and Colin versus 9 to 5 as a separate program going forward, just to give them something to do. So they're fighting new teams, each other. Yeah. All right. So members only gets the win, as you mentioned before. Uh, next up, PB Smooth versus Isaiah Broner. So this was the shortest match on the show. Um, yeah. A very dominant win by Isaiah Broner. Um, obviously, I have no uh, advance notice or anything like that of what John is up to. Uh, but if you're not building to Isaiah Broner versus uh, JB at some point down the road, 
then what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. All right. Another, uh, speaking of hard hitting fights, we have Kaplan versus Tim Donst. Somebody that we talk about a lot with the Chikara show, show homework, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it was good to see Donst back. Uh, Donst is uh, announced for the uh, show this Saturday as well. So it'll be nice to see uh, him. I have to be careful. Again, lot, you know, Tim Donst. Um, <laughs> This weekend, but obviously there was... Did you see Kaplan's promo that he released before the show? I did not, no. Okay. Uh, it's worth it. Hang on. Oh. oh. A little live drop-in. All right, let's do this. Like I said, it's it's definitely worth it. So you need to see, you need to see it, obviously, but the listeners are just going to hear. All right. You know, this week hit me differently, knowing that tomorrow night... It's the biggest show of the year for AIW, and possibly the biggest match of my wrestling career. After seven years of being in this business, I'm finally getting my singles match with the Absolution 15. So if I'm going to do it, might as well make it worth it. That's why I chose you, Tim Donst. Now, I'm not doing this out of hate. I actually respect you. I know you've been through a lot. Hell, you overcame cancer. I was there the night you broke the news to all of us. You had to relinquish your championship. It made me sick to my stomach. I was also there at Absolution 10 when you came back at a kick-ass match and told us all you were cancer-free. It was incredible. I'll never forget it. That's why we need you there tomorrow night, Tim. Absolution ain't the same without you. Now, with that all being said, let me tell you about respect. You see, respect only goes so far with me. And once we get in that ring and that bell dings, Respect and everything I just said goes out the fucking window. Right into the rubbish. You see, I know what it's like to leave and come back. It ain't no walking apart. I've done it before. That's why I wanted to bring you back. I wanted to walk me back to AIW. This ain't going to be no picnic, I tell you that. So hopefully you're doing whatever you need to do to train and you're ready for tomorrow, besides drinking. Because the man took the drink and the drink took the man. Just like your dad tried to take your mom's life. And since you're in Ohio, might as well go visit your dad at Grafton Penitentiary. Maybe he can teach you a thing or two about taking up the ass. <laughs> you see, Tim, I'm a cancer. And I'm terminal. And you ain't gonna win this battle, Pally. Then after I'm done with you, I'm gonna go sell some jerky. Just like any other night. Did One thing I will tell you once? for sure is I, I am gonna go buy some beef jerky from uh, Kaplan. Yeah, did he even blink once during that thing? Nope. <laughs> He's got the eyes of a fucking serial killer. It's awesome. Right. The whole pres- the whole presentation of that. He's got the big knife. He's got the meat grinder in front of him. He's got the meat. You know the, the meat that he's chopping up. That house looks like you know maybe where you would see someone's last known photo taken. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know I've known Donst for a long time, and you know um, it was in the news. Um, the stuff that Kaplan's talking about is like real life shit with Don's parents. Yeah. Um, like, it's funny. It started off being all like, Oh, I respect you. And uh-huh. then it's like, Oh, fuck your mother and all this shit. Oh yeah. <laughs> that that so, was crazy. Again, quick way to add a little bit more uh, pepper to that match. And I thought it was a good match. Uh, my good friend, Mike put on Twitter, Twitter that this was the best dudes rock match of all time. Cause <laughs> dudes do rock. 
And uh, Kaplan wins, like, on a reversal of a schoolboy, and they were really putting it over, like, these two big brawler guys. Dons calls himself the Matt Wrestling Machine, but he got beat by just, like, a roll-up from from Kaplan, who's not one much known for his technical prowess. <laughs> yeah. Well, they could surprise you every once in a while. Yes. All right. Next up, we have uh, the co-main event, if you will. And yes. that is for, for the AIW Tag Team Championships... The Challengers, Chuck Stone and Arthur McArthur, bulking season versus PME. And again, for the AIW tag team titles, Joe. And, uh, oh, man, I'm going to let you take this to start, but I have a lot lot to say. Uh, so I, I did correctly predict that they were going to be done up as uh, the Road Warriors. Yeah. And I thought they did a great job of it. This was a super emotional match. Uh, you know, one of those matches like Dom's match that had been built up over uh, the last seven months of the year. Bulking season was on a huge win streak. Um, they finally get the champs where they want them. They kick out of the big finishing move. And this was a super hot match. It was a fast match. It didn't overstay its welcome. There was no bits that lingered. Um, and because of that, I would have to deduct like a half a star only because, and again, I love Artie to death. I don't know Chuck, but my favorite part of a bulking season match is that Chuck Stone hot tag. Yeah. And we didn't get it to its full extent in this match. But again, what do you take out of this match to put that in there just because I like it, you know? Yeah. Um, did you, So uh, you have things to say, but that's what I got to say about this match. I really like this match. It was a very emotionally heavy match. Yeah. And if I had a nitpick, I'd say the only thing that I would take out of it, I didn't care for the handcuff spot. It seemed a little too convenient. Like they should have went with the gimmick set of head uh, handcuffs and just had uh, Chuck Stone like pull away from him and break it or just have Artie go over there and tear uh, the, the links apart because he's the strongest man in all the land. Like it was a little convenient that and I get it. You're making it that. Uh, for once, the baby faces outsmarted the heels by having the handcuff keys, and I get that. But I think when you have two of the like, the strongest guys on the roster, if not the strongest, you could have went in a different direction with that. That's the only nitpick I have. So uh, uh, just yeah. just to counteract that, I get you. And that while that would have been a cool spot, you're taking a chance in gimmicking those handcuffs and that have them just break accidentally. Right. Exactly. And then ev- then everything goes to shit. And uh, God damn, who doesn't have a spare pair of handcuff keys on them at all times? Motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, we would have a corrugated skateboard uh, thing all over again, wouldn't right. we? All right, well, well, it is what it is. But oh, um, before, before we go uh, into the main event, unless there's anything else that you have to say about this match. I have stuff to say. I was just going to say, it was one or just here. Before we go on to the main event, I was going to say that months ago, Joe... Who was it that was saying that bulking season was going to be the next tag team champions? Well, you, because you have a vested interest in the, in the group. Regardless of whether or not I have a vested interest, from the very beginning, from when they became the number one contenders, or even before that, I was saying that they were going to become the next tag team champions. When other podcasts were wasting airtime on trying to jokerify poor Artie, I said no. I said, these guys are destined for bigger things. And who was right, Joe? I was. And yes, maybe because I was the man that was responsible for some of Artie's losses when I wasn't prepared to be tagged into the match. But I did not interfere in this match. I was nowhere near this title win. This is all on Artie and Chuck Stone. 
And I just want to say congratulations. That's all. I was there from the beginning when you, Joe, were publicly decrying that they did not deserve a chance at these titles. Uh, but I was there from the start. Congratulations to the bulking season. That's all I have to say. I don't recall saying that publicly, but um, <laughs> Adam, I sent you an email last week. You did. You did. You want to open uh, that email? Uh, I... Uh, uh, I accidentally opened it earlier because you asked me if there were precautions in the way of not seeing that, yeah. uh, the contents of which. But the very next time I went to my email, it was right there. And I'm like, God damn it. I tried but, to, like, do a whole bunch of spaces, you know? Yeah, it did I should have did, like, periods to put it down further. Yeah, that's what a period, like, period, enter, period, enter, next yeah. time. But Joe sent me a sealed envelope of his prediction. And Joe had predicted that uh, Chuck Stone was going to turn on Artie uh, on this show. And I do want to ask you before you do your thing, um, was this going to be in your prediction? Were they going to lose the match and then have yeah. the turn? Okay. But so what was there, was just, there was just something about their go home promo that they put out. There was something about the verbiage that I'm like, that's a strange turn of phrase for them to use. Something's up. Something doesn't feel right. And I just thought that they were going to maybe go left when they should have went right. Maybe it was because Chuck was already announced to be in the JT Lightning Invitational Tournament and already hadn't been. And maybe I was overthinking things. And I really thought that they were going to have Chuck turn and lay already out. And I'm glad that they didn't. I'm yeah. glad that the right decision was made. The babyface team went up, kind of, you know, beating their longtime rivals fresh you know fresh faces and so on and so forth and uh you know Artie and chuck are like a very fun loving happy uh uh tag team and to have them be like the face of the tag team division the face <laughs> uh you know it's gonna it's gonna open them up to a lot more uh fresh and unique matches yeah plus you know we'll get into this in just a few seconds obviously broski's giving up the ta uh, the world titles, you know, the absolute intense titles. And PME, for better or worse, are linked to Broski, you know? So you have to, coming out of Absolution, uh, if you're going to kind of turn away from Broski for a little bit, at least until he's back and healthy, um, you have to drop the titles off of PME because you have to cleanse AIW of all the Cardona stuff, at least for now. And it makes sense that PME would lose to bulking season, you know? So if, if that, that turn had happened, or even if bulking season lost, it would have been a head scratcher that PME would retain. Uh, not that they're leaning heavily into being, you know, Broski number one and number two anymore, but it's better to have a clean slate, you know? Absolutely. All right. So next up, we have the setup of the ring. Uh, so we have Broski come out and cut a promo where he talks about uh, uh, why he relinquished the title and naming the stipulation. But go ahead. Uh, you know who sucks? Uh, I do not finish that sentence if you know what's good for you. But go ahead. <laughs> Broski. Oh, come on now. This promo sucked so much shit same <laughs> old same old so disingenuous um he, he's a heel he did have the one good line in there that said that it was his childhood dream to yeah. win the aiw absolute <laughs> intense titles i thought that was a funny line yeah um but other than that the rest of this promo sucked you're all marks 
you should worship me. I'm the baby face of the company. Fuck you. Challenging people to fights where somebody patted him on the leg one time and he had them thrown out of the building. And I'm just like, we all need a break from broski. <laughs> me, I- you, the AIW fans, definitely Chelsea. <laughs> All right, so I, I did let up that when I was watching this, uh, I tweeted out uh, that even I can't defend the bit and that it was uh, a really bad promo. But I will say it was designed to kind of stall for time. And Broski's little heel bits, while I do normally enjoy them, like on the indies, they are they tend to be like a minute or less. You know, it's like, hey, here's one. Uh, I'm going to just attack the, you know, make fun of the crowd, make fun of the hometown, make fun of the guy I'm facing, but it never really lasts more than a minute. And this by design, the fact that they had to go and stall for a little bit, uh, it, it's not good in, in long stretches. So it was very much exposed that he does not have five minutes of material. He doesn't have 10 minutes of material. He has a good, he has a solid minute per, uh, per promo. And then he's kind of treading water. Uh, it was bad, but I, don't want to blame him just because it was like, Hey, go out there and stall for 10 minutes. And that's not to his strength. You know, that's like asking him to do an Iron Man match, like an hour long Iron Man match. You, you should have known what you were getting when you went, got into this, you know? Yeah. Things you don't want to do. Don't ask broski to cut a promo longer than five minutes. Don't wrestle an Iron Man match and don't take a drop toe hold. Those are the three <laughs> broski. No, no's <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yes, Broski uh, gives up the titles. He came to an agreement with John Thorne that somehow, in lieu of getting a, a briefcase full of money, he would just name the the stipulation for the main events. Uh, so uh, the main event is going to be a no ropes barbed wire match. Yeah, imagine how much better that setup would have been if Broski didn't put that stupid fucking tweet out last week. Yeah, <laughs> what a fucking dope. Um. But this match was brutal. This match was everything that it could have, should have, would have been, right? Yeah, and shout out to Pedro for, like, just wrapping the barbed wire with his bare hands like a monster. <laughs> well, Pedro's the one who built the Duke's throne as well, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pedro's awesome. Pedro's the man. I love it. Um, But like I said, so I do actually have a complaint about this match, right? Okay. So no. Com- okay. So not a. Com- uh, let me start out. Derek uh, coming out in the replica, November to remember, nineteen ninety five Mick Foley Dungeon of Doom shirt. Yeah. Uh, again, obviously Mick went and had that airbrushed, uh, at like the local mall, and I, I forget who Derek said that he who made those. And again, I'm a fat guy, so I can't wear white shirts. Um, <laughs> my only critique of that would have been. Uh, that D- JB didn't rip that shirt off, and then Derek has the airbrushed Eric Bischoff shirt underneath, and it says, <laughs> forgive me, Uncle Eric, on the back, and then Terry <laughs> Funk pulls the shirt up over Mick Foley's head, where it's now like Eric Bischoff's face is over Mick Foley's face, and then they're bashing him with chairs. But again, <laughs> that might have been a little too on the nose, and it would have only popped one person, and that's me, but I still loved the uh, Dungeon of Doom shirt that he wore, right? Yeah, and I will say the one, if I'll nitpick it, is that commentary made a good point that uh, Dillinger was wearing white, you know, going into this match. And they even said, oh, you know, kind of like Broski doing the GCW match against Nick Gage. uh, And then he goes and takes the shirt off 
uh, to start the match. And I was like, oh, that would have looked a great visual if it was all bloodied up, you know? Right. But uh, so there's a good match, lots of big spots, lots of crazy stuff uh, in it with the barbed wire. Both guys get busted open. Nitpick. This is my actual real nitpick about the match. Um, I get part of the act with Derek and Ziggy is that Derek uses Ziggy as a weapon and Ziggy liberally interferes, right? Uh, But there's a couple parts where Derek had used Ziggy as a weapon. Um, Ziggy had liberally interfered and they're brawling on the outside and like JB and Ziggy just like casually walk by each other like several times. Yeah, because it's like, like, oh, it's not. She should have like shoved him or said like, fuck you. Or she should he should have shoved her or he should have made like an overture toward her. Like, get the fuck out of here or something. Just something. It's just, no, we're just going to casually brush by each other and have no, you know, whatever, right? Uh, Nitpick. That's the only thing I have to nitpick about this. And I say it all the time. I know Derek and Ziggy as an act have and are positioned as heels, but they're too cool, man. Like, you can't boo them, you know? Yeah. Uh, There's such an awesome act. There's no reason for them to be heels. Um, I wouldn't boo them because they're awesome. <laughs> yeah. And obviously, um, Bishop wins and gets the absolute and intense titles. Um, I think that that was one of the things that you could have swerved us and had Dillinger win because obviously Dillinger has been on a run but hasn't won the big one. And I think everybody ex- and their mother expected uh, Bishop to beat Broski if that actually happened. Um, but, you know, we got Dillinger versus Bishop. And, and I think there was an opportunity, oh, there's that word again, to kind of surprise the fans. But at the same time, I'm not, you know, upset that Bishop won, you know, at all. Because right. it was due, you know. Um, and, and one thing that did uh, kind of, you mentioned that you kind of saw in your mind, you know, bulking season breaking up due to a turn. At the end of the match, there was a door set up between the ring and the the guardrail that didn't get broken. Like, obviously, you know, it was just, hey, we set it up and forgot to do it in all the chaos. But, you know, Barkley came out and celebrated with Bishop. I was like, ooh, that door is set up. I was like, is is Barkley going to stake his claim for the one of the belts, you know, and turn on Bishop? Uh, I don't know. Like, I just kind of it was convenient that that one door was still waiting to get broken. But uh, we didn't have it happen, you know? No. And you know what? I didn't even think of that. But I like like I'm OK with that. Like maybe something gets set up and just never gets broken. You yeah. know, obviously you want to see all the shit get broken and smash and everything else like that. But, like, you know, if this was a real fight, a real wrestling match, you know, everything's not going to get used sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And you can't break up JB and Wes. I love those two together. They're the best. (laughs) Yeah, no, like I said, it's not something that I necessarily wanted to see, but uh, it would have been a shocker if it happened, you know? For sure. But uh, really good show. I enjoyed the show a lot, you know? Uh, So that's one AIW show in the books. We got another one coming up this weekend. Uh, This Saturday, 5 o'clock, not streaming live on Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium uh, because Jefferson, Ohio slash Ashtabula County is literally in the middle of nowhere, and I don't think they have internet. Yeah, Um, it hasn't gotten there yet. (laughs) Hasn't gotten there yet, so it will be going up on independentwrestling.tv shortly thereafter. Um, I'm going to be there. Adam's going to be there. We're doing a live version of Ad Odds with wrestling. Our monumental 200th episode. 
I know it, it is such an awesome coincidence that it happened to line up, you know, like what are the odds that we have our anniversary episode right there when we're going to be live? It's, it's kismet. Right. And it is going to go up on the feed probably between now and next week. Um, you know, obviously when I get the file and everything else like that, um, I'm going to put it up on the feed. So if you're not there live, you'll definitely get a chance to hear it. Um, uh, wrestling cheers is doing a show. Uh, pod Van Dam is doing a show. Then there's the, the, the actual wrestling event itself, the first annual Bill Alfonso hardcore invitational tournament. And then after that is John and Steve and Pat doing the card is going to change. Uh, I'm going to guess at least two of those parties are going to be several sheets to the wind. Uh, <laughs> so that's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. Um, yeah. you could look for me heading for that place that allegedly has the best burger in the world, <laughs> uh, after the show, before the show, during the show, I'm not really sure. Uh, but they did announce the show. I'd teased some of the matches before the first four opening round matches, uh, are Hoodfoot versus Kaplan, which is a rematch from one of the, uh, Winchester shows, uh, Levi Everett versus Madman Pondo. Wes Barkley versus uh, Derek Dillinger, which is a rematch of a match that they had back at one of the Winchester shows as well. And a match nearly five plus years in the making, Nightmare Freddy taking on Ultramantis Black, uh, the boss himself, uh, you know, my client, if you will. <laughs> um, so... The winners of those four matches are going to go on to a four-man, I don't know if it's a first ball or an elimination, uh, finals, and the winner uh, is going to get a trophy, and they're going to get to pick a match of their choice at WrestleRager next month. Yeah, and most likely, you know, a title match, you know, why wouldn't you pick a match that you're going to get the benefit of, you know? Right. Uh, and then, of course, I mentioned before, there's the three-team match with uh, PME and members only and the Von Englands. Uh, Tim Donst is going to be there in a match, from what I understand. Big Dan okay. Champion's going to be there in a match of some capacity. JB's going to be there in a match of some capacity. Uh, and a lot more of your AIW favorites are going to be there interspersed throughout the day. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, looking forward to, uh, you know, catching the other podcasts. And uh, I'm sure we'll figure out what we're going to do at some point between now and then. You know, everybody else is like, oh, this is Wrestling Cheers. is like, here's a, a very detailed plan of everything we're going to do minute by minute. And it's like, ah, we'll figure it out at some point before we get there, right? You, you know how Broski, whenever he talks about, like, the FWF live shows and he writes out these scripts? Uh-huh. <laughs> right? I don't want to say that, like, what we're planning is an inspiration like, I'm inspired by what Broski's doing for those. Uh, <laughs> but I definitely have, like, a fishbone idea of what we're going to do. And okay. the, fishbone, the fishbone idea for what we're going to do for the show is the same thing that we've done for the last 199 and a half episodes of this show. <laughs> Except, uh, you know, maybe uh, with some beers in this. Or at least me. Well, you, you do what you need to do. Uh, <laughs> I got no control over that. Luckily, the uh, technical aspects are being handled by someone other than you and I. There's two podcasts that are going on before us, so they're going to work out all the kinks and yeah. tell us what to do and not to do. Uh -huh. uh, and then I'll just have to remind you constantly during the uh, show. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And then, uh, you know, the, the good night of wrestling and maybe I'll crash. The card is going to change. What are they going to do? You know, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> well, hey, uh, Adam, we have some voicemails to get into. All right. Let's do it. Joe. 
Adam, it's DeWiki. I just wanted to say congratulations on 200 episodes. You guys made it. Way to go. Uh, so thank you, David, for calling in with that. Of course, this was before we made the uh, decision to make this the 199 and a half episode. <laughs> um, yes. But again, thank you very much. Uh, I do yeah. want to say, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say thank you, uh, DeWiki. Uh, couldn't have been done without you. Yes, uh, definitely doing a lot of help with a lot of the audio elements, the drops and the bits uh, that you hear uh, here and a lot of the other shows currently on the soon-to-be-named network and uh, maybe coming soon to the soon-to-be-named network. Ooh. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, next call. Hello, Adam Wrestling. It is I, your new one-and-a-half of the AIW Tag Team Champions. Oh, I'm sure you discussed them like about that for this week's homework. And Adam, I will get you your belt in my suit. I'm working on it. Uh, <laughs> be patient. Perhaps I'll get it to you this Saturday. But about Saturday, um, obviously we have the AIW Bill Alfonso Hardcore uh, Tournament. And they'll crown the first ever champion of, of, of the sort. Now, uh... A little fun fact, and I mentioned about it earlier on Twitter. I'm sorry, I'm driving here. Very rainy out here. Be safe. There's a burger joint down the road, and I want you to understand the setting of where we're going. It's kind of like, I don't want to say it's in the middle of nowhere, but it's a lot of fast farmland, a lot of, a lot of fast open space, a lot of acres of land. And uh, there's a place beside, and there's a bold claim, and it says, World's Best Burger. Now, this could be a great opportunity. We can either A, have a great burger, enjoy ourselves, and be amazed at the world's greatest burger, or B, we can sue because it's not any lie. I, I think you need actual documentation and votes for that, and I, I don't think this little podunk uh, burger shop in, in Jefferson, Ohio, which is a bar, by the way, would uh, have that claim. So I guess we can discuss... What is your favorite burger? Anywhere. Me, personally, I love Five Guys. I don't care what Dom says. I don't care if he thinks it's overrated. I think Five Guys is great. How about you? Have a great day, and I can't wait to see you this Saturday. Hmm. All right. Again, congratulations, Artie. Uh, Maybe not call us from the car next time. (laughs) Right. Be Uh, safe. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not safe and it's 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 not great audio, but um and uh I look forward to purchasing a, a t-shirt from you. I already made a deal. Uh everybody should take advantage of getting some of those bulking season shirts this weekend. Um I do like Five Guys. I I don't have like a a favorite burger. Like Five Guys might be my favorite like chain burger, but like whenever I go to like uh, like a brewery or something like that that serves food like uh, that's kind of my generic go-to is to get like a burger and there's uh man i can't remember the name of it but there's there's a brewery in, in uh bloomsburg that is awesome has great beer and it has a really good burger but i can't remember the name of it but uh uh yeah i mean as far as chains go five guys but uh a lot i like a lot of the indie places better yeah, I'm kind of with you. I like Five Guys. I'm not going to say that Five Guys is overrated, but Five Guys definitely is a little pricey. Um, you know, and I don't get it all the time just because of the price point on it, you know? Yeah. Like, you go there, you get a burger, fries, and a drink, and it's almost like 15 bucks, you know? Yeah. Um, And God forbid you get, like, a double patty or, like, you know, whatever it is, then you're, like, tipping the skills at 20 bucks. 
and you're not really getting the full feel for it. You know, you got to go to your like local places, your indie place and stuff like that. So I'm kind of in the same mindset as Adam. Um, you go to a new place, you see burgers on the menu, you get a burger and you're good to go. Uh, that's a good test uh, for any sort of place. If they can't do a burger right, they can't do anything else right, you know? Exactly. And I just Googled the one, the brewery in Bloomsburg. Uh, it's actually called Turkey Hill. And mm -hmm. when my buddy was like, we're going to Turkey Hill, I was like, what, like that fucking convenience store? Right. <laughs> but no, it's awesome if you're in the area, check it out. But uh, not a sponsor. No, but, not a sponsor. <laughs> so I'll, I'll tell you what makes a good burger, right? Uh, you see those pictures all the time of like a gourmet burger where it's like uh, this giant stacked up monstrosity that you couldn't take a bite out of. Yeah, I hate those, but go ahead. If you can't pick up a burger with two hands and take a bite from top bun to bottom bun, it's not a good burger, right? Yeah, yeah. Or if you need a contraption that's holding it all together because it's not structurally sound. <laughs> right, not a good burger, you know? Uh, yeah. give, me a give me a nice bun, give me a nice brioche, give me a nice pretzel bun, even like a nice whole wheat or sesame seed bun, right? Mm -hmm. um, give me some grilled onions, give me some mushrooms. Maybe a little barbecue sauce. Uh, and if, I'm, if they have it on the menu, they're willing to throw it on there. Uh, and you want to trick yourself that you're being healthy. Uh, instead of lettuce, uh, which essentially is just like, you know, gr green water, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. See if they have spinach. Have them Ugh. saute up some spinach and throw that on the burger as well. Oh, magnifique. No, no thanks. <laughs> All right, no, thank you. I, I don't put anything green on my burgers. I get I'm say, when it comes to burgers, look at me and look at you. Who knows burgers better? You <laughs> think look, knows? Uh, no, I, I get better. I get bread. I get meat. I get cheese. I get bacon. That's all it's allowed. Mm, no cheese. No thank you. Oh Jesus! All right, thank you, Artie. Congratulations. Thank you, Artie. Uh, next call. Hey guys, Kevin here. Uh, <clears throat> still feeling under the weather for COVID. The current hope is I'm back to work on Monday. Uh, speaking of work, you guys got a busy weekend. Uh, if you haven't already addressed it on the show, I'm just curious what the plan is for the live episode. Uh, if it goes up as its own thing, if it's the episode of the week, or if you're going to record again uh, next Thursday and talk all about the trip. And I'm guessing these podcasts are not going to be streamed live on IWTV, but I would love if they were. Um, okay, so... Uh, 16 million, 16 million that they found and don't know what it is yet. And the uh, details haven't come out yet, but we all probably are waiting for it. And I'm really just wondering how bad it's going to be. What's, what's the old saying? Like, don't get caught with a dead girl or a live boy. Ooh. Um, so, uh, I'm going, like, I guess what I'm asking is what's your worst possible thing that you think has been covered up here. Not that it's not bad already, but like, what's the worst possible thing? Because right now, um, my thought is uh, covered up a dead body. Um, but maybe even evidence of like snuck his girlfriend, you know, finally, uh, after all these years. Or there is some underage thing which would make their delay in dealing with people who have had similar allegations against them because they're. Uh, of similar mindset, I guess, uh, would be the way to put it. And if so, uh, that would be horrible um, for many reasons, but also I think it takes wrestling down for a few years and will take a while for wrestling to come back out of it. 
you know, I, I think it won't be seen as just an individual. It would be seen as like all of wrestling and it would hit every company very hard. So that's, and we would blame, we could all blame Vince for it. Um, so yeah, uh, best of luck this weekend, guys. I hope it all goes well. Can't wait to hear all about it. And what is your worst case for what this money is covering up? Um, a pleasant question this week. So let's talk to you later, guys. Bye. Um, thank you, Kevin. Uh, I'll just kind of start from the, the back end of this and just say worst case with Vince. I mean, he's already helped basically hide a body, you know, so, right. so, so I don't, oh, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say like the things that Kevin mentioned, like, oh, they're going to hide a body, like maybe Snooka's girlfriend. Yeah. We're, we're all kind of aware of that. And, you yeah. know, we all just kind of moved Turned on from it and yeah. talked about something with like underage kids and yeah, the Mel Phillips stuff. And we're all aware of Vince covering that up and. You know, lying on the Larry King show and Donahue and in court saying that Mel Phillips wasn't an employee, but he was. And he did make Mel Phillips promise that he would stay away from boys and Mel Phillips didn't. And so Vince had to cover up more, right? Yeah. Um, I think the next thing that's going to come out, if anything, like the, what would be like a real big gut punch is, is if we have like audio or video of Vince and Kevin Dunn and Johnny Ace, not my sweet Brucey though, he would never do anything like this, being horrible, saying racist or sexist or homophobic stuff or bragging about like the conquests or stuff like that. Like we have audio or video of them doing it. Yeah. I don't think that there's going to be any new like, like, oh, like he helped cover a murder or he helped hide, you know, this bad thing because none of that matters in the grand scheme of the WWE because, as you said, it's it's more or less happened before. The, the big twist on it is that now you are having the ramifications as a company. Like, you're having the, the shareholders lose money because WWE money is being spent on Vince's improprieties and, the, you know, certain things are illegal. You can't do this with company money. And that's where the new consequences are going to come from. But I agree that like audio or video footage of them doing something, it would cause people like you and I, Joe, to just completely be like, fuck Vince. Like if you're not already on the fuck Vince train, like you would fully be on board. But as we've seen with certain politicians over the last couple of years, you could have audio of Vince McMahon saying something horrible uh, and like the, the WWE bootlickers would still be bowing to him when he comes out for his like farewell. You know, they mm -hmm. still be doing the, you know, thank you, Vince, clap, 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 <laughs> you know, even if he did something horrible uh, on tape, you know, so at the end of the day, it wouldn't be changed, but um, and as far as us doing an episode, I assume I'm not lucky enough to get out of doing another recording next Thursday, so we'll probably do a normal show. That's right. No days off, my friend. Oh, God damn it. So people are getting three episodes with over the course of uh, a week, you know? You're getting or an extra episode. Yeah. And, and I want to... Oh. I was just going to say, that's why you're getting, you know, 199.5, you're getting 200, and you're getting 201 all within, you know, eight days. Right. Uh, so one thing I want to 100% disagree with Kevin on where he said that, like, whatever this next thing is going to be is going to, like, hurt all of wrestling. Yeah, no, I take, don't think so. I 100% disagree with you. When WWE has spent the last 40 years putting themselves out there as the only thing what wrestling is, if something happens to WWF, something happens to Vince, 
It's not going to affect the indies. It's not going to affect AEW. It's not, it's going to make all of these things stronger. Because the I, thing that has been sent out there is the shining example of what professional wrestling is. And they tell you there is no alternative. And we are the end-all, be-all of professional wrestling. And they take that hit. All the other stuff is going to come up. I can see the super casuals, like the people who don't actively watch wrestling or maybe never did, you know, uh, seeing on the news, the Vince McMahon stuff. And then maybe like they open up a newspaper and they see, Oh, AEW is going to be in the town and be like, Oh, that's that Vince McMahon stuff. But it's not like they were going to spend money on wrestling anyways. So it's not going to hurt the product, but it could hurt the overall perception from the casuals. But that doesn't matter. They don't matter. Right. Exactly. Um, so like you and I who spend money on wrestling, it's not going to affect us. It's not going to affect anybody who can tell the difference between WWE and something else, you know? Correct. All right. Thanks, Kevin. Next call. Joe, Adam, it's Kevin Ford. Long time no talk. Well, at least on the voicemail. But I had to call you because something came to mind. AEW, of course, announced they're doing trios titles. And wouldn't you know it, they're lucky enough to have both members of Double Trouble Crap on a stick under their uh, employ. But it's trios titles, so they need to become Triple Trouble Crap on a stick. So which current AEW roster member, or just, I guess, personnel member, would you have join this illustrious team to join the trios tournament or whatever they're going to do to crown new champions? Looking forward to your answers. Thanks for taking my call. And uh, don't fuck up this weekend. <laughs> Joe, before we start, and first, thank you, uh, Kevin Ford, my favorite independent wrestling wrestling commentator. Oh, I haven't said on. that in a long time. Um, but, uh, Joe, w- you guys can both make fun of me in the group chat. Who's Double Trouble Crap on a Stick? Uh, that's Big Sh- Big Show and Billy Gunn. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's, make, it's coming back to me now. All right. Uh, I don't know, man. Who's your Who's your third member? I've never given this any thought. <laughs> well, again, you have Big Show, former WWE talent, was there from like the '90s up until just recently. You uh, have Billy Gunn, former WWE talent, there from the '90s up until more recently. Throw another WWE guy on the team who was there from the '90s up to relatively recently, Mark Henry. Yeah, <laughs> You're and not- they're triple trouble crap on a stick. <laughs> All right, yeah, uh, that, that's more thought than I thought I'd ever give to that topic. But uh, all right, uh, as long as it's not uh, it's not the road dog who uh, definitely worked himself into a shoot on never getting a job there. <laughs> you know, he wants uh, Tony Khan to tell him why he won't hire him. Uh-huh. Road dog, I, I, I'll tell I'll tell you why Tony Khan won't hire you. C- Cause you're a bitch. <laughs> I saved you the trouble. You could yeah. sleep easy at night. Tony Khan called me. He told me, tell Road Dog, I'm not going to hire him for AEW because he's a bitch. Yeah, and he contributes absolutely nothing to wrestling, and he's only rode the coattails of more talented people that were on screen with him at any time. You know, whether it be uh, Jeff Jarrett or, uh, you know, Billy Gunn or the rest of DX. He's just a dude, so he can go fucking float away into relevance. You know, right. Go join the Russo network of podcasts and go lament why no one cares what the fuck you have to think about professional wrestling in the year of our Lord, 2022. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I would 
I have so much to give to wrestling, but the establishment won't book me because I, I shake things up and say things they don't want to say. Uh-huh. Uh, fuck that guy. Racist things, homophobic things, transphobic things, and you hide behind the, the, the curtain of your religion. We're good. Stay home. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just because somebody was on TV a lot 20 years ago doesn't mean we have to give them any attention. You know? Right. Yeah. Just because you were on TV five years ago, we don't yeah, need to well, give you any attention. Exactly. It's just all this, like, kissing the ass of fucking Attitude Era people. And I see it all the time in, like, maybe a certain doll-related Facebook group where they're like, oh, I can't wait to get this sign from this fucking way, way, way canceled person or this person who should be canceled. Oh, come on. There's a lot of people to look up to. They don't have to look up to everybody. <laughs> Anyways. Now, last week, I did put the call out. To say, get uh, you, our listeners, get someone, a friend, uh, someone famous, uh, someone much larger in the wrestling community to call in uh, and give us thanks for hitting our 200th show this Saturday. And uh, somebody actually came through. What? All right. Is it Alexa Bliss? No, but it's someone who's just as lovely, uh, very nice, the pride of Allentown himself. Hey, what's up, Joe and Adam? It is Ian Riccaboni, and I'm checking in to wish you a congratulations on your 200th episode of At Odds With Wrestling. So I think everybody knew that Joe had a shot at making the stick, right? You know, Joe is a a seasoned veteran. Everybody knew Joe's a podcasting pro, but I don't think anybody thought Adam would make it this long. (laughs) At least that's what our friend David had to say. I, I believed in you. I believed in you. This whole time, I believed in Joe, I believed in Adam, and I just wanted to check in and say congratulations. I don't believe what that David guy had to say, because I believed in you from episode one. So congratulations, Joe and Adam. We uh, love the podcast, At Odds With Wrestling. And uh, David, David's a hater. Gotta watch out for that guy. He's a hater. We all knew you could do it. We all knew you could do it. So congratulations, Joe. Congratulations, Adam. Keep up the good work. Oh, thank you very much for David for arranging that. And uh, thank you very much, Ian. What a lovely man. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That, that, that's really cool. Um, I'm glad to see that Ian was on my side from the very beginning. You know, he knew from the early episodes that I would gut it out. I would figure this out and I would be here for the long haul. Unlike the rest of you traders out there, uh, DeWiki, who didn't have faith in me. I'm glad that Ian, you know, day one listener, obviously. <laughs> Uh, I'm glad he has faith in me. Yes, David was the only one who didn't believe that you'd make it this long, Adam. <laughs> At this point, I'm doing it out of spite, but I'm here. Uh, all right. Yeah, he's the only one. But yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for all parties involved in making that happen. Absolutely. Hopefully all it right. wasn't that expensive. <laughs> <laughs> all right, it's pink button time. Yay. Hey, Joe and Adam, it's Ed. Um... Tuesday morning, very tired. Uh, I stayed up till midnight to pre-order uh, Twice's new mini album, Between One and Two. Um, it's not just CDs, though. You get a bunch of stuff with it, like posters and photo cards and whatnot. Uh, but that's beside the point. I I know you're both like uh, you, you like you like dolls, so I was just wondering um, 
What what's the longest you guys had to wait for a pre order? I had to wait a month for this shit, and that just seems <laughs> ridiculous to me. Uh, but I feel like there's there's got to be pre orders that people have waited for longer. Um, so yeah, that's, that's about it. Just you know, let me know. I'll see you guys this weekend. Very excited. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I'm really tired. I'm gonna take a nap for the rest of my break now. Okay, <laughs> bye. Right, I'll so, go first, yeah. if that's okay with you. Absolutely. The longest that I had was about 13 months, and that was the uh, Zombie Sailor Heels and Faces figs. Yeah. Um, you know, the recent Zombie Sailor interview that he did on the Patreon for the Broski uh, Network said that the Double J uh, is going to be hopefully arriving in the shores of the United States sometime in September, uh, and that's going to beat that. That's going to tip the scales at 14-plus months. Yeah, I I knew like when uh, he was saying that 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 was going to be your answer because I couldn't think of anything that you would have bought you know that would have taken longer than the zombie figs. No, but, like uh, I, like most of the things that I've done have been like four to six. Like I, I'd say like four to six is a good average, you know, because that's the normal time frame. You know, that's yeah. usually when things you know ringside or a Star Wars figure or Marvel Legend. It's usually you know within four months of when it's announced, unless there's a, a delay, which might only add like a month to it you know that's kind of the normal acceptable uh business parameters but it's funny and very timely that uh, ed would bring this up i just tweeted today uh we are in fact in the golden age of asriel and a mafex figure that i pre-ordered 21 months ago just arrived today uh it was uh october of 2020 is when i pre-ordered that figure and it was promised it, even when it was announced it was going to be a year you know so it said it was going to be coming fall of 2021 uh and we are now in july of 2022 and it is finally in my hands so that's the longest i've ever had to wait that was 21 months i i would have just assumed it was canceled and that my money was gone you know well, well, I did it through Big Bad Toy Store, and they don't charge until it ships. So right. I never actually had my money until a week ago. Um, but uh, that's kind of the standard. I mean, maybe not two years, but you usually have to wait a year on those like Japanese import figures because they announce them, and then Japan gets them first, and yada yada. But uh, it's here, 21 months later. So that's the longest. That's my record. And worth it. Exactly. It's a fucking nice figure. For people that aren't just saying mean things out of spite, they look at this figure and they're like, oh, that's a nice figure. It is a nice figure for, at the very least, like the fifth best Batman. (laughs) All right. Fair enough. Thanks, Ed. So uh, Ed called back. All right. Uh, Hey, uh, Joan Adams, Ed again. I know two calls. Sorry, Adam. But listen, um, you're allowed. Pre ordered another K pop album because Yina has uh, a mini album called Smartphone coming out. Um, really, I think this is a good hobby for me because, like, you only release a mini album every, like, four to five months. And it's, like, just a fucking CD. So it costs, like, I don't know, like 20 bucks. It's, it's definitely going to end up being my cheapest uh, interest for sure. Um,. Definitely won't let me down like Poppy. But hey, Poppy made me money this week, so fucking hey. Okay, see you guys this week. Okay, bye.
<laughs> yeah, as someone who has much, 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 much more expensive hobbies that cost in both uh, like money and brain cells, uh, spending twenty dollars every couple of months, even if it was twenty bucks a month, you know, who gives a shit? That seems like a reasonable hobby to be involved in. Yeah. Like, it's not my hobby, but it's, like, my hobby through my kid. I get him the, uh, like, whatever the po- the new Pokemon set that comes out, the Elite Trainer Box thing. Yeah. You know, and it's, like, 60 bucks once every, like, three months. So it's, like, 20 bucks a month. You know what I mean? Like, it's more or less, like, money I'd be giving to him out of his allowance, but he's very happy when they come in. And the one was delayed, actually. The new set had, like, come out a month ago. And was already, like, on shelves around here, which was fucking wild, right? Yeah. And uh, it just came in the mail this past week, you know? Um, And he was super excited when he got it. He got a bunch of cards that he likes and so on and so forth. But, like, that's my cheap hobby for my kid. Um, You know, comics, I guess, depending on the week, like, I spend, like, maybe an average of, like, $30 a week on comics. Sometimes a little bit more, sometimes a little bit less. Uh, just depending on how the thing shuffles out, like I used to keep track of how much I spent weekly and yearly and stuff on comics. Yeah. <laughs> and we used to put it in the pull post for the comic book podcast and then things got real depressing. <laughs> I bought real one depressing. book this week. <laughs> but all right, cool. Is that it for voicemails? Uh, that is it for voicemails. Uh, obviously... Plug stuff, I mentioned it before, uh, independentwrestling.tv, a.k.a. Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium. Um, use the promo code at odds if you're a new subscriber and you keep your subscription, which you absolutely will because there's tons of good stuff up there, whether it be live streams, past stuff, super old stuff from like the late 90s, early 2000s. Think of any wrestler you possibly can, whether it be WWF, AEW, deceased, retired, on the come up, on the downfall. You could search them, and you could find them on independentwrestling.tv. Um, you could head over to our T Public store, uh, mother uh, uh, housed through the mothership, tinyurl.com/longboxheroes, and you can get shirts and cell phone covers and notebooks with designs inspired by this show and the Longbox Heroes shows, and we need wrestling or uh, we need wrestling as their own uh, final wrestling place. Uh, hit my music and uh, Fig Daddy Cool as a shirt in there as well. So, thirty-five uh, percent off all orders through T Public this weekend up to Sunday. Yeah, and I kept teasing that there might be a new uh, new design going up on there. While it won't go live on the site because I haven't made those arrangements, uh, I will be unveiling a new uh, new at odds logo maybe this weekend for the two hundredth hmm. episode. Gotcha. Yeah. But uh, gotta bump that uh, Fig Daddy Cool shirt on the top selling ranking, you know? <laughs> For sure. Uh, another way they can help us out is by making any and all of your purchases through our Amazon affiliate link. Um, does not cost you anything extra. They, Amazon, call it an advertising fee. I call it the thing that makes Todd happy. Or Todd, Adam happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the fucking money. Yeah. Yeah. Too much Longbox Heroes talk, and I'm not editing that out. Some of the notable purchases to the Amazon click-through this past week include uh, somebody purchased the Star Wars Black Series credit collection of The Mandalorian. Okay. I don't know what the credit collection is. Uh, those are the ones that I have the weird paint job because they're based on the end credit scenes. You know, the, oh, the end credit okay. have the storyboarding. 
Yes, yes. So, yeah, though that's what those are. So I believe uh, with my layman's, uh, I was, uh, you know, not being an expert on this topic, I believe that's the third Mandalorian black figure in the uh, credit series. So yes. if anybody was collecting those, that's a very important one to have. Uh, and somebody also purchased the McFarlane Toys DC Collector Multipack of Booster Gold and Blue Beetle. Mm, more on that maybe later, because I feel more. like that was a hot seller across the board. I definitely think that was a hot seller uh, amongst people who listen to this show. Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, people who listen to this show and people who don't listen to this show should listen to these shows, Joe. And these shows are Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, Final Wrestling Place, We Need Music, Hit my music. We need, God damn it. We need wrestling. Well, none of this is getting edited. Yeah, no, fuck it. Throw it in there. Uh, We need wrestling. Hit my music. Porch talk. Viewer's choice. WWE war. Wrestling cheers. See you this Saturday, sir. Uh, IWTV guide. Pod Van Dam. Wings on wings. Between the sheets. And I will not plug the A show, but I will talk to Artie this weekend about uh, the challenge that has been set forward uh, of me and Artie on an episode of the A show. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think either myself or Artie should give them the rub, but we will talk about it this weekend. Fuck the A show. And that's it for plugs, Joe. Well, it's time for Adam's favorite part of the show. Some might cost a little. Some might cost a lot. But I'm the $100 Vansky. And your figures will be bought. All right, Joe, I feel like the last two weeks just haven't quite been uh, the, the most optimal weekly purchases for me because, you know, two weeks ago we skipped it because our show ran long because of Ed. And then last week we kind of spent a lot of time on what was going to come out with the San Diego reveal. So I feel like I kind of breezed through a lot of stuff. So this week is a return to form, Joe, because I have a lot of purchases. Uh, I got like two. All right. So I'll start off with a couple and then we'll kind of go over to you. Um, I went on a doll safari today, Joe, and I wasn't going to. I said to myself, there's no reason to go. I have a lot of things coming in the mail. I don't need to spend any money in the store. And I've been striking out a lot like in person with safariing. But I decided on a whim just to go into my local Target. And for the first time in a long time, I saw new figures. And I saw the WWE Legends 15 set which had the Stacy Keebler, the Kane, the X-Pac, and there were two Lex Luger chases on the shelf. And there were no basics, like no uh, non-chases, but the two chases are the ones in his, like, orange attire, you know, orange pants. And uh, I picked them both up, one for myself and one for a friend of the show, Brett, who's a big WCW fan. For sure. And I was very pumped to see those in person. I would have grabbed the Stacy Keeblers and canceled my uh, pre-order, but uh, they're actually, like, supposed to come tomorrow. So uh, uh, couldn't do that. I'm going to get that in the mail. So uh, got that taken care of. I was happy to get that. So I saw a lot of people, actually, um, along the East Coast, people in uh, Virginia, Maryland area, people in the Georgia area, finding um, 
that set, this set, yeah, um, on their shelves today as well. Um, and even people finding the chase as well, just like you did. Well, according to Target's website, the 28th is the release date for all these figures, uh, which is today as we're recording this. Um, you know, West Coast started to see them in stores like a week ago, so it's following suit that the East Coast is behind when it comes to figures. But but it's it's still cool to see like a lot of like, you know, up and down the eastern seaboard seeing these figures hit more or less at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, it is it's cool that they actually went out on the street date, you know? It was Yeah. As opposed to going out a week early and, you know, being unprepared or just taking forever. Um, but yeah, it's it's weird because I feel like there's certain Legends sets that I just never see in person, you know, or certain right. figures from that set. But uh, it was cool to see it in person. Um, other than that, uh, just to keep it wrestling related real quick, I purchased a card in the, the major Facebook group. And it's not a special card. It's not autographed. It's not rare. Uh, it's not even that expensive, but it's a card I didn't have, Joe, and that is the 2015 Topps Chrome rookie card of a young upstart from NXT uh, named Alexa Bliss. And it's the the very first card. It's, uh, like I said, not uh, not an expensive card, but I did get it for about half of retail. And, uh, yeah, I got added to the, to the old grease shelf. For sure. Yeah. What about you, Joe? What's something you picked up? Uh, well, you know, we mentioned the Amazon purchases, and this is definitely something that, you know, in our little group of people, um, whether you like comic books as much as me and Todd do, or you like wrestling as much as you and I do, one thing that most of us all can agree on is that Booster Gold and Blue Beetle are the coolest. Yep. Um, I went ahead and pulled the trigger, um, you know, buying directly from Big Bad Toy Store as soon as I saw the thing. Uh, and then foolishly Sater later saw that it was up on sites like Entertainment Earth and Amazon and so on and so forth at a much lower price. Uh, but thank you to anyone and everyone who purchased theirs through our Amazon affiliate link. Uh, don't be stupid like me who just buys the first one that you see and gets charged <laughs> like an extra like three or four bucks. Yeah, pays to wait on stuff like that. I'm, I'm becoming a patient person. I feel like as long as something isn't like serial numbered. You know, uh-huh. like numbered that, that I'm just like, pump the brakes, wait for a deal. You know, that's why I'm not running out to ringside right away to pre-order everything anymore, you know? Right. But I, I too, purchased that uh, that two-pack. Uh, I'm going to get some heat for this. I kind of wish they were sold separately because I just wanted the booster. You know, like, I, I appreciate the fact that it's a two-pack. But if I had my druthers, I'd like to have just bought the booster. But it is what it is. Um, and for those that listened to the most recent episode of Porch Talk, Myself and Todd, in preparation for this uh, figure going up for order, kind of like did a recap of like maybe an incarnation of domination, if you will, of all the uh, previous Booster Gold figures. Uh, Because I had kind of thought to myself, how much do I need to purchase to become like the Michael Jordan of Booster Gold figures? And surprisingly, it's not a lot. Like, Joe, do you want to take a guess of how many Booster Gold figures exist, not counting Funko Pops? I would guess six. Yeah, it was. It's actually there are three figures, and they're all the same figures, just different packaging. Three figures based on the Justice League Unlimited, you know, which is like the cartoon. Yeah. Uh, and then there are four total, like full size, full scale figures. There's uh, one of them that is a carded 
uh, 52 figure, you know, from the 52 like year long miniseries. Yep. Um, there's one of them based on Justice League International and Kevin Maguire's artwork, which is actually the most expensive one, which I don't have. Uh, and then there are two of them that are in the DC Universe line, which are the exact same figure. Just one of them has a collar and one of them does not. So uh, based on this research, one of my weekly purchases, in addition to buying the McFarlane two-pack, is I bought one of the uh, Justice League Unlimited animated style figures, which I didn't have. I don't have any of them, and I don't think I'm going to buy all three of them because, again, they are the same figure, just in different carding. Uh, but I bought one of them that has the carding based on the animated series, and it was like 20 so, bucks. Yeah, so that was going to be my question. With it being based on the animated series, the Justice League Unlimited, and essentially being three different quote-unquote figures, it's just different card backs. It is actually the same pig figure, no paint difference, no deco hits, no nothing like that. Um, from what I can tell, it's the same figure because what they basically did, and I'm going to text you the one that I bought, um... They came out with the solo one, and then they came out with a three-pack, which is just the solo figure booster with uh, Superman and with Martian Manhunter. Uh, and then I think a couple years later, they used the same figure and put it in like a DC Universe line, so it was like a reissue. But as far as I know, they're the same figure, you know? But, okay, yeah, yeah. When you were saying the three-pack, like I visualized the three-pack, like I have seen it before. Like, yeah. with the Superman and the Martian Manhunter, for sure. Yeah, because, it, and this is funny, I don't know if I ever told you this, but, like, I had never heard of Booster Gold, uh, or at least had no memory of him, until that one DC, or, I'm sorry, that one Justice League Unlimited episode, it was called The Greatest Story Never Told, where sure. it was, like, Booster Gold just saving the world in the background, and that was my introduction to him, and I was like, oh my god, I love this character, and it went from there. So I'm surprised it took me this long to get a figure of, like, the animated style, you know? Absolutely. All right, so yeah, and again, go check out that episode of Porch Talk if you want to hear us deep dive into that uh, Booster Gold figures, and as well as both Todd and I having a Mandela effect where we believed we both owned a booster gold figure where he had all the sponsorships on his chest. Right. Uh, we both insisted that we own that figure. And then we found out there is no such figure. So it was like a Berenstain bears thing all over again. <laughs> there wasn't even like an alternate, uh, like chase or something for the 52 figure there. That's what we insisted, but there was not, there's no such thing. Okay. So. Yeah, so very interesting. All right, Joe, back to some other purchases, and I'll throw it over to you because you said you have another one, correct? I do. Um, a couple days ago, I was texting with friend of the show, Derek, the guy who goes and who does our photoshops when uh, they're too tough for me to do, and he saw in the Facebook group uh, another Alexa Bliss figure, or not figure, card. And it was an autograph card that somebody was selling and it was a really good price. And he was trying to enable me to buy it. And I was like, no, nah, I'm good. And he was thinking about buying it, but it was a really good price. Uh, but we both passed on it. Uh, and then tonight in the flea market, uh, apparently he dropped it another 10 bucks. And this is like a really, really, really good price. It's about a third, maybe a quarter of what they sell for on eBay. And then that enabler and training DJ uh, of We Need Wrestling went and tagged me in it. And I'm like, oh, man, it is it is really a good price. So I bought a Topps Chrome. I don't know what year it is. Limited to 199 autographed Alexa Bliss card in the flea market tonight. 
I wish these people would stop enabling you, but I, I love too. I love that they are. <laughs> Don't they realize that I have no income coming in? Everything that's in my bank account is all that I'm guaranteed. I really shouldn't be wasting it on signed Alexa Bliss cards, but here we are. It happened, you know? Right. Uh, all right. Uh, one more thing, and then I'll send it over to you. Or actually, two more things. I have a lot of purchases. I bought, are you familiar, Joe, with the line of Super 7 figures called Super Cyborgs? No. So, obviously, Super 7 has the Ultimates. They have the Reaction. Uh, Super Cyborgs are these giant, like, 16-inch tall figures. And they're usually robots. You know, there's, like, Megatron, Optimus Prime, uh, whatever. And they usually come apart. So like, if you were so inclined, you could see the inner workings of this robot. Um, obviously I don't do that cause I'm a mint and mint and box boy, but I found on eBay a steal cause these things retail like 75 bucks. And that's why I never buy them. Uh, a steal that was one of them that was 40 bucks plus shipping of a Cobra bat. You know, the, the obviously one of my wheelhouses of things I collect, the Cobra Cyborg. Uh, so I found that on eBay. It was really, like I said, really cheap and mint in box and all that stuff. So I picked that up. Okay. Um, I, I won't even bother sending you the picture, but I am turning into somewhat of a bat completist uh, mm. minus the original like 1984 G.I. Joe figure, which maybe I'll try to buy a Lucy one of these days, but uh, I can never afford a mint on card, you know? One and the last, well, yeah, one day. Uh, the last thing I'll say before I throw it back over to you is this is not for me. This is a gift ski for my buddy Rob. Uh, Rob is uh, the guy who travels out to AIW and Toyhio with me, uh, and sometimes maybe helps me out when I think I lost a contact lens in my eye. Uh, but Rob is an optometrist, and one of his favorite things to collect when it comes to figures, because uh, we all have the things that we collect, but he likes translucent figures. You know, yeah. like whether it's like clear or kind of clear or whatever. Uh, but I just I don't know how I stumbled upon it. But on eBay, I found at 2002 Wizard World Chicago, back when Wizard World used to do their own cons, uh, Palisades Toys had the Muppets license. And they came out with a, an, a con exclusive beaker figure that is him where he accidentally spilled vanishing cream on himself. So the figure is slowly like fading away. I'm going to send you the picture because it's kind of cool. Oh, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. And it's like Beaker with like a panicked look on his face as he's starting to disappear. Uh, and I was like, holy shit, that's like a perfect thing. And Rob, don't listen to this show. He doesn't know what a podcast is. So I can say it. Uh, but I'm going to give that to him either for Christmas or as like a thank you for like the free uh, optometry work that he's done for me over the last couple of weeks, you know? Sure. But uh, let I me that to you. check it out. Yep, yep. Let me go. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. And I figure that that fits his wheelhouse of his collection, you know? Sure. All right, Joe. What else did you get? Well, uh, Adam, uh, very soon, and I say very soon, about two months from today, uh, it's going to feel very good to be all elite. Um, okay. Because I purchased tickets to go see AEW Dynamite in Philly on September 28th. Oh, okay. You going um, with uh, Brett and DJ on that? Yeah, DJ is part of the <clears throat> elite fleet <laughs> where they get a day early order on the pre-orders for the tickets. Uh, 
Um, and he's getting the same seats, like literally the same seats that they had last time. And uh, he's like, I'm on there right now. Do you want one? And I'm like, yes, I do. Um, huh. And I went ahead. I got the day off of work. And uh, yeah, it'll be uh, this will be the first um, indoor wrestling thing that I go to that I'm not a part of that I've gone to since like Royal Rumble and NXT TakeOver were in Philly, however many years ago that was. Yeah. Huh. I'm just sitting here. I'm taking a look at my phone actually right now as you're talking. I mean, my notifications seem to be working. Uh, my volume's turned up. I'm just curious. I must have I must have missed that message, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, congrats, man. That sounds like it's it's a really good time. I'm envious. I'm gonna, you know, enjoy watching it on television from at home, you know, by myself. But that's that's cool. Uh, but yeah, it sounds like a good time. That's uh, cool that they're gonna be in Philly. I hope something awesome happens and it's not like seven hours of tv tapings that you're regretting you know well i was i was joking and fingers crossed and hoping and praying that when they announced the uh trios tag title tournaments Uh that they would do the finals in philly (laughs) yeah well i'm sure i'm sure it'll happen because i won't be there all right a couple other quick things and we're done joe uh this past week was san diego comic-con which we talked about in great detail uh, let's talk about the fruits of our of our labors. Okay. And that is that uh, at least I was successful in acquiring two, count them, two no-holds-barred ultimates of uh, Rip and Zeus. Uh, yep, I did not. Um, yeah, I tried so to get in, and uh, I failed. Yeah, but... It has a good happy ending because everybody that's in the the soon to be named network doll dork uh little common uh what am I trying to say uh DMs whatever uh everybody who wanted one got one you know so that that works out and uh, my extra one is very flippable at this point so um happy to have gotten two of those and I guess they I'm looking at like eBay and they're going for a pretty penny. So I'm happy that I got a spare, but I did offer you one. You turned it down. So full disclosure, as Uh, we discussed last week, uh, you know, as I planned and I'm like, do I really want one? I don't really want one, but I'm definitely going to try to get the two. Um, You know, if I get it great, Um, if I, you know, and if I get two, then I could flip one to a friend to help them out. And uh, I didn't get it, but, Everybody else, everyone got two to help out the people that were looking for one. Yep. Yeah. And like I said, if somebody else in our in our small group needed one, I would have taken care of them. But I'm not like good brother and strangers, you know, so exactly. I'll, I'll use this as an opportunity. But uh, yeah, I'm happy that that worked out that I got one of those. Also from Mattel Creations and another purchase that I made. Uh, I don't have the Nightmare Narcotic, Joe, but I might have like the Ultimate Narcotic. And I had to buy or pre-order the uh, Cody Rhodes Ultimate uh, from Mattel Creations shameful <laughs> now the only question is do i need at this point the supreme because i kind of don't think i need it but at the same time like i pre-ordered supreme series 2 which is omega and malachi and i kind of still want the supreme uh brit baker from series one so what am i going to just be missing that cody like that's going to kind of feel weird so i don't know i don't need the the cody supreme but i kind of want to keep it just so i can have symmetry in my collection i don't know am i crazy yes (laughs) i'm crazy but all right but should i keep it 
Because I feel I like think you I shouldn't have any Cody's in your collection, but that's just me. That is also true. But like, but am I wrong in the fact that like if I get rid of that, I'm gonna have this glaring hole, and I'm just gonna want to like replace it down the road. Hmm. And then pay like a premium. I don't know. Uh, More on this as it develops, I guess. I guess. Because here's the thing. I don't want to buy Series 3, which is the Lucha Bros. I want to just be like, all right, I own the first two series, and I will address each future series as it comes up, but I don't need to be a completist beyond the first two. You know? But I'm like, I kind of need the first two in order to walk away. You know? I say just walk away. (sighs) But it's easy for me. I don't have what you have regarding these figures and the mindset and everything else like that. You know? Yeah, I am a little, I am slightly more crazy than the next person. Just slightly. Right. I don't know. All right, like I said, I'll figure that out. I'm sure I have a couple more, like another month or two before those, the Supreme Series 1 hits the stores. So, Um, one other San Diego Comic-Con thing, and then we can wrap this up. Uh, Speaking of Super 7s, Joe, uh, they had a Cobra Recruitment Center at San Diego Comic-Con. Did you see anything about this? Uh, I don't know if we talked about it here or if I talked about it on uh, Longbox Heroes, but uh, go ahead. Yeah, so basically San Diego uh, Super 7, uh, they had a bunch of figures that they weren't going to sell online, and this pissed me off because one of them I wanted, and that was the Super 7 Ultimate Edition Cobra Bat, which in addition to being a repaint of the Cobra Bat that's coming out any day now in their main line. Uh, it had a bunch of extra accessories that weren't in the standard figure. So I was like, oh man, I need that, you know? Um, and Super 7 said, hey, after the con, we're going to put a select uh, select figures up on our website of whatever didn't sell out at the con. But from everything I read, the recruitment center thing was such a hit of a gimmick, which was basically you go up to their tent and much like how the army has like recruitment things, you would go to basically enlist in Cobra. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. And they would give you this like coin. That's like a, like a pledge coin or like, what do they call them? Like a, I don't know, like a coin that said you, you know, you have what it takes and it had an address for a pop-up store in San Diego that you would go to after the con was over and you would get that Cobra bat. And I guess they sold out at the event. And I was like, oh, fuck, I needed that. And it was one of the only, like, San Diego Comic-Con things that didn't go up, like, online. Uh, So I ended up buying that on eBay. Um, I was watching them. And it was one of the things where it was like they were not coming down. A lot of stuff that was uh, a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive, like, the first people that got them, like, gouged the price. But as more and more people put them up, the price was kind of coming down. Uh, but not, it wasn't the case with this bat. It was like every single time one was listed, it sold immediately. And then the next one would just be up for more and more money. So I was like, oh, man, I need to jump on this. So uh, I bought it. It was one of those things where I was like, I didn't want to have to buy it for like double like three months from now. Um, so that is my like one big like hard to get San Diego exclusive, you know. For sure. But I think that's it, Joe. Uh, I'm just checking my notes here. Uh, I think that's it. I don't think I forgot anything else. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I have one other thing, Joe. Uh-oh. Uh, Joe, what's my what's my name, Joe? Adam. Yeah, that's my that's my government name. What's what's my uh my gimmick name? Fake Artie. <laughs> what's my other gimmick name? 
the hundred dollar Vansky. That's right, Joe. And the hundred dollar Vansky, his the figures will be bought, Joe. I don't care if you're a San Diego Comic Con exclusive. I don't care if you're limited to a thousand. I don't care if you had a stupid convoluted reveal. But the hundred dollar Vansky, if he wants a one of one thousand San Diego Comic Con exclusive Brody Lee figure, he'll fucking buy a one of 1000 San Diego comic-con exclusive Brody Lee figure. So my final purchase, Joe is I bought one off eBay off of eBay. Um, how was the price? Okay. Or, uh, let me just put it this way. It was not as expensive as I thought it was going to be. All right. When they announced that this was going to be show only and that there's only going to be a thousand of them, and you had to like win like a freaking like raffle to get a chance at buying it. I thought that this was going to be ridiculous. Um, I paid slightly more than I paid for my Brody Lee one of three thousand chase. However, uh, I did kind of fuck myself because I bought it, and then like a day or two later, they were like maybe thirty forty dollars maybe $30 less expensive. So if I waited a day or maybe two days, I would have saved 30 bucks. Um, if you listen to the major pod this week, Brian Myers is like, Oh, they're like $120 on eBay. No, they're not. Um, they're, they're more expensive than that, but they are, uh, less expensive than I thought they were going to be. And like I said, I worked myself into a shoot by pulling the trigger on the day that I did. But when I got it, it's super mint. They did say on Sandy or on uh, Major Pod that a lot of them were damaged, and I did see that in my yeah. Ebay they had like searches. a weird little like uh, they looked at like three or four of them, and they all had like the same little weird crease on them. Yeah, like it's I've seen that crease. You can kind of slightly see it on mine, but it's not bad. And it's it if I had a hundred of them and I could pick the best one, I wouldn't have picked this one. But like it, it's it's in nice enough shape where I'm happy with it. You know, it, it's presents really well. Uh, you have to be real nitpicky to complain about this and I'm not going to be nitpicky, you know, I know how that is. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I added that to my collection. Hopefully when this suited Brody comes out in a couple unrivaled series from now, hopefully that does not get the chase. However, I am not confident because it is very easy to just come out with a different suit color, you know, but, uh, as of right now, I got all the big boys and that's, that's my final purchase, Joe. If if I knew ahead of time, I could have threw in there the uh, all heat no heaters uh, sting for that, right? <laughs> well, no, nothing to be mad about. Like I said, I uh, if if I overpaid for it, that's my own fault for being impulsive. But if you look at the Cobra Bat, I said to myself, "All right, I'm not going to do the same mistake, and I'm going to wait on the Cobra Bat and wait a couple days because, like I said, if I waited another day, I would have saved like thirty bucks on the Brody. But every time I waited." that Cobra back got more and more and more expensive. And I was like, oh shit, I got to pull the trigger. So you win some, you lose some, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I'm glad you got it. You know, obviously um, you're more of a completist than I am for that sort of thing. I got to be a little bit more selective with my uh, above hundred dollar purchases, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just shooting you a picture. It does fit in a defender. Uh, it's pretty cool. Oh, you already have it. That's awesome. Yeah, I ordered it, uh, I want to say, like, San Diego was still going on when I bought it. So I don't know if it was, like, Saturday. Uh, but, yeah, I bought it, and the guy shipped it on Monday, and it actually arrived today. 
I know Brian was saying that it was um it just barely fit into a defender. Yeah, it's it's it wasn't tight enough that I was scared, but you had to make sure you were going in in the right because I know you know have you ever put an AEW fig in a defender? You kind of yeah. have to, you have to put the face of it in first. The face? The face. <laughs> yeah, you got to put the the front of the figure into the defender before you close the back. Uh, and you just had to kind of make sure you're doing it straight because there wasn't extra room, but it wasn't in there so tight that it was like, oh my God, this is going to ruin the figure, you know? Gotcha. But it's really cool. I'll, I'll tweet out some pictures of it tomorrow. You know, let the, if anybody feels surprised by my little bit, you know, don't want to ruin it. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm happy to have it, you know, for sure. And I actually, I was, this is a real quick story. And we'll go home. Um, I was telling my mom, I was over at my mom's house the other day, and uh, I, I had actually said to her that, like, I was trying to buy this figure, and, you know, just as something to talk about, and I was just trying to explain who Brody Lee was, you know, and yeah. just kind of, like, a little bit about, like, you know, this is a guy who maybe was underutilized in WWE, and he came to AEW, and they realized you know, kind of what they had and they used them properly. And then obviously uh, he was taken away too soon. And I told her about negative one and my mom just based on that is the biggest Brody Lee fan on the planet. You know, oh, I told her awesome. a little bit and she was like, you need to buy that figure. And I showed her like a video of like negative one being like carried away by Preston Vance when Brody wants to like kick the crap out of somebody. And she, her heart melted for like Brody Lee and Brody Lee Jr. So she has a new or he has a new fan in my mom. So that's fantastic. Yeah. So she enabled that purchase. But that's it for me, Joe. All right. Well, uh, everyone, I, I think I might be able to uh, speed up the show a little bit to get it under that two and a half hours that I said at the top of the show. <laughs> uh, technical issues and bathroom breaks notwithstanding. Uh, again, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, see a lot of you this Saturday in Jefferson, Ohio, slash Astabula County Fairgrounds uh, for the big wrestling show. Come say hi. Don't be strangers. Uh, people are strange. We're strange. Everything else like that, we're outdoors. It'll be cool. Uh, but regardless, for Adam, this is Joe saying, be safe out there and enjoy some wrestling. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Network.